you will never look at a mannequin the same way again. This week on The Girls Who Cried Be Horror, we talk about one of my favorites, Taurus Trap. She said one of her favorites. Yeah, I don't think it's one of your favorites, but <laughs> I oh. love Taurus Trap and here we are. The girls who cried be horror. Hi everyone, I'm Alex. Oh fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, and I'm Anya. Ugh, truly, y'all, I was in it. You know what the problem is? Is I like. No, I can't talk about it. I was gonna talk about how I've been binge watching Barbie Girl on YouTube. Why? Because this movie made me think of it. Okay, that's fair. Like, tell me that I'm wrong. I have not seen it, so I don't know what you're talking about. Wait, 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 wait. You don't know what I'm talking about. Nope. Like, Barbie Girl, the song, Aqua. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, girl, I really got scared. So, yes, this week, or this month, we should say, because we're doing them monthly, um, we're doing Tourist Trap, which Alex informed us is one of her favorites, so this is going to be Alex's show this month. Yes, I saw Tourist Trap, like, on a whim, maybe four or five months ago with Greg we watched it on Shudder and it blew my fucking mind I just had I'd never heard of it I did not know what it was and it is just batshit fucking crazy and I love it so I'm so glad that we're doing it it is iconic b-horror in my opinion and it's like so inspired by like classic movies like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and House of Wax and you see like so many elements of all of those movies in it and just like amped up to the like fucking weirdest setting it could possibly be at Mm -hmm. and i love it so um i guess what did you think of taurus trap (laughs) so i also watched it on shutter a while ago with the uh joe bob briggs marathon which if you are not a shutter fanatic you might or a horror fanatic you might not know what that is and you don't need to um but um i watched it And I was kind of, like, immediately when watching it, I was like, what's happening? What's happening? I don't know that I like this. And I, like, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, no. That was not it, girl. No, thank you. And then when I rewatched it to record this, I I did have a greater appreciation for it. I still didn't love it as I hoped I would. Mm -hmm. But as Alex is saying, there is, it's, in my opinion, it starts out and the first scene is like, what the fuck? And then it kind of just gets, like, I don't know, like, not, I guess boring isn't necessarily the right word, but it's just kind of, like, run-of-the-mill. It's kind of very seen before. And then you get to the last act, and they're like, thank you for sticking around through that boring shit. Now we're going to crank it up to a fucking 11 again. And it's just fucking insane. Um, so I think, for me, that doesn't save the entire movie in my eyes to make it something that I love. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it makes it, worth seeing if you at least once if you haven't seen it before yeah Um, when I was going through reviews I was seeing a lot of people saying that like it was it dragged on it was boring but like I don't I'm never bored with it I'm like I'm just so into like uncanny creepiness and like it is fucking weird I think I was just always like on the edge of my seat like waiting for the next weird thing to like happen so I was always ready for it and I feel like if there's like weird shit sprinkled in throughout that kept me entertained where I was never, like, checking my phone to, like, see what time it was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but what you're saying, like, with the inspirations from, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and House of Wax, like, I agree with. And to bring back Barbie Girl, <laughs> like, in my head, this is Aqua's Barbie Girl 
meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Wow. That's quite a combination. And honestly, like, that's kind of a huge compliment. Like, for as me being someone that didn't love this film, like, I feel like giving it that review will make you want to see this. And I do recommend that you see it. Even though, like, I don't, I'm not in love with this film. Because it is no 2005 House of Wax with Jared oh Padalecki. God. Greg and I were just talking about how he has not seen it. Because we were talking about how I was recording today. And I was like, oh my god, can we please fucking watch House of Wax tonight? Because it's peak Padalecki. You know, it is. You know I'm in love with him, Jared. Fucking Chad um, Michael Murray is in it. Yeah, whatever. Jared Padalecki. <laughs> okay? Jared, if you're out there. Hi, I know you're she married. She truly said, Chad Michael Murray who? Yeah, I'm sorry. Chad Michael Murray is like... He's I mean, Jared you know Padalecki is why blondes, I'm watching, Anya. of course. You know I'm not into blondes. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? What? We have to take a moment to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Two things, actually. One specifically about Jared Padalecki and then House of Wax. Jared Padalecki's power is kind of unmatched Agreed. in my universe. Because I just realized that, like, I'm someone that usually, like, I love the classics in anything. Not even specifically horror. Like, I'm someone that I'm always, like, to a fault sometimes. I'm like, a remake? Garbage. I don't care. It's garbage. Because a lot of times they are. Like, the Child's yeah. Play remake, we can't even talk oh about. Oh, my God. Atrocious. No, about Atrocious, y'all. I'm sorry if you no, liked let's it. Not Actually, talk about not. the. let's not talk about Pet Cemetery remake if we're really <gasps> trashing we 2019 remakes. sinful, in the worst ways. Um, anyways, but I, like, my guilty secret is that, and you already know this, is that I can't even say this. I feel like I'm going to be like crucified, but I have to tell my truth. Is that I low key love the like 2000. What fucking year was it? 2010, maybe? Something around there. 2010, wherever around. Y'all fucking know what I'm talking about. Um, Friday the 13th remake more than any of the other films, including the original in the series. Like, I know it's shameful. I know that you're all like spitting on my grave already, and I, that's fine. But. I mean, it delivers, and I, that's a conversation for a different day. I'm not going to go into Friday the 13th right now. But Jared Padalecki is in that, right? Oh, yeah. And so it's crazy because it's like, how dare I love a 2000s remake over the original? But it's also the same thing with House of Wax. Like, the 2005, like, with Jared Padalecki, like, just does something for me. Those are, like, I feel like my two sinful secrets is that, like, I stand those movies so hard. I just remember the first time watching House of Wax and I think it was like right when I had started watching Supernatural and mm. ugh, the journey of watching Supernatural like some of you girlies are going to get it because you watch and you've been through that experience. Others, I mean watch Supernatural and have that experience but like ugh, when you start watching I know that you're a big Sam girl um, I'm a Sam girl. And I'm way. a Dean girl baby. I mean I get, um, I get the love for Dean. I get it but I'm more of like I like the sensitive like artistic boy and like Jared Padalecki is 6'5", and he is so fine. Oh, I mean, I get it. I'm not saying I, – I, I think it's great because, like, I get the Dean girls, I get the Sam girls, just like I get mm-hmm. the Stefan girls and the Damon girls for Vampire Diaries, oh, which is also go. a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this is going on a tangent, but y'all needed to hear it. Um, but anyways um, – like, when you watch Supernatural, like, I started out as, like, a Sam girl. I truly mm-hmm. did. That's my truth. Because um, he's so fucking cute. Like, I know mm-hmm. that you love him no matter what. When he gets the longer hair in later seasons, I'm like, yeah. honey, it's not for me, but I love you and I support you. Um, I would do almost anything for him to get season one hair back. Like, to this day, Jared Padalecki, please fix your hair. Oh, Because I it was just perfection. It was but... so good. <sighs> but around, I feel like, in the early seasons of Supernatural, 
is when he also did um, House of Wax. Mm-hmm. So when I saw House of Wax, I was like very into Jared Pilecki. And if you have not seen 2005 House of Wax, I say this with nothing but love. Get a life. Like, literally watch it right now. Like, what have you been doing? Um, but he, like, plays, like, the perfect boyfriend in it. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, like, like I remember this specific scene when they're, like, walking. And he, like, does that little, like, behind his ass kick. And he, like, kicks his little girlfriend in the butt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> it's all I ever wanted. <laughs> um, but then, like, they, like, truly, like, fuck him up. They It is truly, to this day... Like, one of the most disturbing, like, I feel like, horror scenes that I've ever witnessed. I know. It's really good. Let's not spoil it, because Greg hasn't yeah. seen it. So, like, go watch it, and, like, we'll talk about it at a different time. But it's so good. I don't even remember how we got on this tangent. That's well, how fucking foreign we are. Tourist Trap is very inspired by the original House of Wax. Obviously not the 2005 version. Um, but but yes. it has it has a lot of people were comparing the remake of House of Wax to Tourist Trap. They have a lot of, like, similar vibes and just, like, aesthetics. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right, so let me get into some fun background that I have on the movie. Oh, yes, I want to hear, I want to hear. fun facts. Okay, so Taurus Trap was made in 1979. Um, it was both written and directed by David Schmoller, who um, went on to make other horror movies like Puppet Master, which is, I think, his probably other most, mm-hmm. like, notable film. Um, this was his very first movie, which I think is very impressive. I think it's pretty solid for a first movie. Oh, yeah. And it was based on a student film that he made when he was in film school, so he adapted it into a feature film um, once he started his career, which, if I can make a movie and this was my fucking first movie, success. Done. Right. That's so impressive. Um, Initially, he was actually not supposed to direct it. They wanted John Carpenter to do it. Um, Okay, T. Which would have been, like, a completely different experience, I'm sure. Um, But due to financial constraints, they had to have Schmoller do it so I'm assuming they probably just couldn't pay for Carpenter because he was so big right but I feel like it would have been a complete completely different movie if Carpenter had done it right could you I mean imagine? I feel like we could still get the bad shit but it oh was absolutely a bad shit. yeah yeah um so this is also I don't know if you noticed but this is rated PG I did see that yes it's actually um according to IMDb I didn't I tried to fact check but I couldn't really I couldn't find anything to dispute it, but it claims that this is the only slasher film in history to be rated PG. I mean, I don't even have to fact check it. I believe that. I mean, there are, like, other horror films. Like, I think Poltergeist 2 is PG. But, like, when it comes to slasher, this is the first and only slasher film that is rated PG. Um, And I'm... Yep. Yeah, I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, I guess. Although, I feel like there's, like... There's, like, one specific death where I'm, like, I feel like that would make it P- at least PG-13. But well, I mean- so at, at the time in 1979, they did not have PG-13 yet. It didn't come into existence oh. for another five years. So it was it was either PG or R. Oh, so, okay. Well, that makes yeah. a little bit more sense. Yeah. So, but, I mean, and also, like, yeah, there's really not much blood. There's, like, I think one or two scenes that are, there's, like, a small amount of blood. Um, there's really no yeah. gore. But I find it really fucking disturbing. So... I mean, there's a lot to be disturbed. I feel like that was, like, yeah. a big reason for some I watched it. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, it's very creepy. Um, and the director actually felt like if it – I feel like this is – it's so common for, like, current – and I guess, like, movies in, like, the 80s and 90s where they wanted a lower rating from the MPAA because they wanted, like, to have a wider audience and they didn't mm-hmm. want to have to, like, cut so much gore and nudity. Like, so many of the Friday the 13th movies had to cut, like – so many of their great practical effects because of 
the rating board. Um, and so I well, feel I was, like... Um, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. Um, but, like, I think that, yeah, that's a huge thing in the 80s. Like, I was just watching the documentary that came out last year, um, Into the Darkness, like, um, or In Search of Darkness, um, and it was, like, a huge thing about, like, 80s, like, a defi- like the defi- the, I can't speak, the definitive, like, 80s horror documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, a lot of them, I feel like, talked about, like, you know, like, having to cut scenes because it's, like, okay, you cut, like, a little bit, and then you send it to the ratings board and, like, see if they'll take you down from, like, you know... An, an x-rated movie or like an r-rated mm-hmm. movie and then like then you have to cut a little more until you get the rating that you want where i feel like that's also like something we've come a long way from like just like think about like the evil dead remake they did like that shit's fucking insane oh yeah it's like, definitely changed holy shit like there would be absolutely there's no fucking way that that shit could have come out in the 80s right. no i mean like beyond the obvious like effects shit and whatever mm-hmm. just like the the level of like gore and brutality and like fucking insane like there's no way the ratings board would have slaughtered them oh yeah never would have come out but Mm -mm. yeah so as like most people most like filmmakers like struggle with that fight with them to try to like get the like r rating if they can without cutting too much um schmoller was actually surprised that he got a pg rating and felt that if he had gotten the r rating it would have been a more successful film so i feel like it's a weird juxtaposition of like oh this time he actually wanted a higher rating and right and it's not what he got so um but i mean i just i can't imagine this coming out and it being a pg movie and people taking like their children to go see it (laughs) how fun yeah no um there was also as you noticed i'm sure there was no nudity in this film yeah i mean there is a scene where they like are in theory naked but you don't see anything yeah no you just see like their collarbones and shoulders yeah um so, yeah, I mean, especially in the 70s, that's very rare for a horror film to not have any nudity. Um, yeah. Which is, again, in the reviews, something that I saw a lot of people were like, oh, but there were no boobies, which is so, so great. Um, Shucks. Initially, there was actually supposed to be nudity, but David Schmuller was too embarrassed to ask the actresses to be naked. Good. Um, he was, like, ashamed of it. So when he finally got the courage to ask them when they were going to shoot the waterfall scene, they were all just like, yeah, no. We didn't agree to that, so no. Good. So, I mean, good honestly, it always them. kills me when it's like, because I feel like the story, a lot of times, especially, I mean, when you get into our 80s, is it's like, it was, because there's also something they brought up in the documentary, uh, Queen Barbara Crampton was talking mm-hmm. about it, how, like, a lot of the times in movies, like, especially as an actress, like, if you wanted a role... Like, if you wanted work, you had to be okay with getting naked. Oh, yeah. Like, there wasn't, obviously, the conversations you have today or whatever. Not that there isn't nudity today, but, like, like, it was just, like, well, if you want a job, if you want a gig, like, then you have to be topless for, like, you know, mm-hmm. three scenes in this movie. And it was just, like, oh, yep, okay. Like, and it was just kind of, like, how – and I always think about that, I mean, for many reasons. But it's just, like, you know – and because, unfortunately, a lot of times, like, directors are male um, mm-hmm. that – I just like I don't know like to have like the the balls to just be like I demand that you're naked in this scene and like it's not even something where it's like it's for like the art or whatever like it's incredibly important because of this subtext or what or whatever that you be naked for the scene it's just like we need tits and ass on the screen so you have to be naked where it's like I feel like I would feel less bad about it if we got the same amount of dicks and I don't even like looking at dicks per se but just like to even the playing field but you don't so you know what I don't give a fuck that this director was like I'm I feel weird about asking. You should. You motherfucking yeah, no, should. I respect him for it. And like, 
yeah, I completely agree. If you're going to have naked women, you need to have naked men. And that's why I respect sleepaway camp because they have those, all those men's fucking pale asses running We stand Midsommar for that dick shot, oh, baby. I love Midsommar. I can't even get into it. I'm staring at the poster on my wall right now. I love it so fucking much. <laughs> I'm staring at a screenshot of his dick right now. <laughs> my background uh, on my laptop is the scene where Florence Pugh is just screaming with all the women Ugh. in solidarity. Oh, we love, love feminism. We saw that movie together. We did. I saw that movie like three times in We theaters. saw that movie before it came out after it closed <laughs> at the theater. <laughs> For anybody else. a movie theater employee. Oh, I miss it. Um, okay, I have two more fun facts. Um, okay. So the opening scene, the creepy laughter that we will discuss, um, oh, yes. was actually recorded in 1955 uh, for a hyena for Lady and the Tramp. It did sound very familiar. <laughs> I don't even know really? if there's hyenas in Lady and the Tramp. I haven't seen it in like ever. But that tracks for yeah, me. And that it's tracks. also been used um, on the It's a Small World ride in Disney. Shut up. Yeah. So Wait, that like the creepy, crazy laugh. Yeah, they're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Shut up. Maybe that's where I remember it from. I fucking hate the A Small World ride. It's my sister's favorite. So when we went, when we were somewhat younger to Disney World, we had to sit through it. And when I took her like two years ago when I was living in LA for a few months mm-hmm. to Disneyland, we had to sit through it because I took her for her birthday. And it's, like, every time, you know, the boats get fucking, like, backed up. So you're sitting in the same room for, like, a fucking half hour. You could go insane in there. Like, I love reading those, like, stupid creepypastas about Disneyland. And any single one that includes It's a Small World, I'm like, correct, it happened. I believe it. I've never been on it, but I've always heard how fucking terrifying they are. It's a small world after all. Ba, 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 ba. Do, do, do. How did you love that experience? Sometimes you just have to let Anya pop off when she goes on her little... Yeah, like, sometimes, and, like, 90% of the time is what I mean by that. Like, I truly have smoked a crack pipe, so... Yeah, you haven't, but you maybe I know. I'm drug-free, baby! (laughs) Okay, (laughs) my very last um, fun fact is specifically for you. Um, Thank God. Does it have to do with a squirrel? No, it does not have to do with a squirrel. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Imagine... There's no squirrels in this movie. So, um, our Scream Queen, Linnea Quigley, <gasps> yes. actually has an uncredited role playing one of the mannequins. Shut the fuck up. No, yeah. she does not. Yeah, she does. I don't know which mannequin or in what scene, but I read that on multiple sources that she is one of the mannequins. Wait, that's iconic. I know. Isn't that <laughs> so great? Wow. I need to go back and find her. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. If y'all, some of you who might not know, Linnea quickly, um, she's in um, Return of the Living Dead, which is one of my favorites. Um, she's also in Sorority Babes and the Slime Ball Bolorama. Um, there's other shit that just she's iconic. Right now. She's literally like a horror icon. So for her to like just be in this and like uncredited, probably is like in a mask, is everything i know i love it so i had to include that for you thank so, yeah, you those, so much that's um our background and fun facts um also just for anybody who wants to watch it if they have not yet it is currently streaming on shutter if you have the subscription which if you do not i recommend it's only like four dollars yes. a month and it is amazing um it is also on tubi and i found um it on youtube but it only had like 500 views so I don't know. Get on it. Give it that that. views, people. So if you uh, don't have Shutter or Tubi, 
Tubi's free as well. Um, you can just search Tourist Trap full movie on YouTube and you will find it. And something I feel like some people don't know this, even though it's like not to be like, why the fuck don't you know this? But like if you just like search like a movie on Google, like if you type in like tourist trap, like movie or whatever, it'll like come up and it'll have like all the information. And there's usually something that pops up right into the top where it's like <laughs> where to watch and it gives you like little things you can click. Where like a lot of time it's like you can rent it for two ninety nine on Amazon or blah blah blah. But like on there it would show you like to be free and all you have to do is right. just like click the little to be button and it will take you right to the page where you can watch it. And the only thing about like to be and I think we talked this last time to be in voodoo um you just have to watch ads which yeah, like and i think there's only like maybe three moments where like an ad comes on for like 30 seconds and it's fine and like these movies aren't long like they're literally like 90 minutes so it's not like having to watch ads on top of like a two-hour movie like right. it, it's fine and it's not like they're cutting in between like a really emotional scene like it's all no 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 pretty campy yeah so yeah so that's all of our background do you have anything you want to add before we jump right into the movie um not really. I mean, I think we should just get right into it. All right. It is. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> After I was like, nope. Actually, wait. Um, The one thing I do want to bring up, which I don't even, because it's in the credits, the opening credits, so I didn't think mm-hmm. you were going to mention it. Just something I saw is somebody in the movie, their name is John Van Ness. Yep. He's um, like, Jerry. But, like, all I could think of was Jonathan Van Ness. Oh, I know. <laughs> Queer Eye. Which then I was, like, gagged the whole time. I was like, oh, my God, what if he – I mean, obviously, before his time. But, like, what if he had, like, been in this movie? Like, now I, like, demand they remake this movie with Jonathan Van Ness in it. Well, now I want that. So I just wanted to bring that up. <sighs> that I, yeah, I saw that, but I did not put two and two together. Good point. I love me some Jonathan Van Ness. We do, we do. Uh, I want him to do my hair so bad. I don't have hair, but I would love him to <laughs> touch my scalp. I would tell him, don't touch my red, but you can do anything else. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we um, we open on some title cards with just a black background, and the score kicks in, which I just want to make note of the score of this film, because <laughs> yeah. it is so simultaneously ominous and, like, whimsical and, like, fun. I uh, I couldn't tell what the sound was. So Greg and I looked it up. It's, it was a uh, vibraslap, which is a percussion instrument that makes, like, this rattling noise. Um, when I first listened to it, the only thing I could think of was, like, the sound of, like, a playing card on, like, the back of, a, like, a bike or mm-hmm. m- more, like, weirdly specific. If you've ever played the game of life and you, like, spin the, the oh my like, God. little the wheel and it goes, like, da, 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 da. Um, right. It's kind of like that rattling noise. It's very carnival-esque and like funhouse. See, that's feeling. what I thought of. It's very like... Yeah. I love it. It's like very hokey. I'm so Like, and it. it doesn't necessarily fit with anything to come other than the fact that it's fucking weird and the rest of the movie mm-hmm. is fucking weird. Yeah. But it's definitely the score throughout and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so we open on that and then we see our first image is this man wheeling a tire down a road he is wearing a pink button down that is wide open to reveal this like tan bod he's got abs for days he's wearing this like crappy little hat covering his eyes he's wearing a little white bucket hat a bucket hat yeah that's what it is um he you know he's walking down he's wheeling the tire down the road you hear a crow cawing overhead um he takes off his hat to show off his face and you see him take out his canteen to try to drink some water but it's empty. So you're obviously set up and like, we're kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's really hot out. He's doing some shit with a tire. 
that's the scene. That's where we're set. And we mm-hmm. see the sign that says gas eats ahead. So he's obviously going there. Um, we cut over to a woman who we later find out is named Eileen. And she is mm-hmm. sitting, like, very bougie underneath this, like, makeshift tent that she's made. Um, where she's just kind of taken, like, a sheet and she's attached it to the car and this, like, tree to cover herself. And she's just, like, lounging in the shade, looking at herself in the mirror. Um, and this car drives down the road and it stops at her. And it is a man and two women who pretty pretty um, quickly, we learn, are all of her friends who have, mm-hmm. you know, come separately. And they are a man named Jerry, uh, a girl named Molly, and a girl named Becky, who is played by Tanya Roberts, who mm-hmm. uh, is a pretty big star. She went on to star in a James Bond movie, A View to Kill, and she played Midge on that 70s show. Yes, Miss so Pinciotti. Yes, so she's pretty, uh, she's probably the biggest star of the film, other than... Yeah. Um, somebody that we'll meet later on um right so we have all of these friends and they come they're like what's going on and eileen says oh you know we got a flat tire but you know the spare that he had didn't have any air in it because he's an idiot so he had to go to the gas station to try to get it like filled up so we get some context so we go back to woody who has now arrived at this gas station it's completely empty we don't see any cars no one is around so he goes inside and Again, there's nobody there, so he starts calling out for people. And we hear this, like, low moaning sound mm-hmm. coming from behind the counter. Um, so he goes to investigate it. And, you know, you keep hearing, like, Whoa! And it's, like, this really weird, like, you don't really know what it is, but it doesn't sound It sounds right. like a woman moaning, yeah. Yeah. But, like, you don't know, like, what, like, why she's moaning. Um, so we go, he, like goes behind the counter which always as you know from like working at the theater anyone that goes behind my counter i'll kill you oh god yeah you do not come behind the counter i've had so many old women just like walk behind the concession stand and i'm like what do you think you're doing and i have to like fight them i'm sure anyone else that works in customer service knows this feeling and if you don't and you need to be told here it is like because customer service workers and any people like of the sort are looked down upon for no fucking reason even though without us as we can see right now in this like fucking pandemic like are the essential workers like so when customers come in and after they like treat you like shit or like think they fucking own the place when they don't like this is our kingdom like it is then you like try to come behind the cat the amount of times i just remember like there's so many times when like like someone has come behind the counter and like even when it was like like it'll be like someone new there like someone that just got hired but Mm -hmm. i don't know them yet so they come behind the counter and like literally you go into like fucking kill mode immediately you're like um excuse me (laughs) and they're like hi it's my first day and you're like oh oh, yes so nice to meet you (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like literally yeah like nothing would enrage me more like i would be less mad about someone coming up in front of the counter and being like fuck you you stupid bitch than someone walking behind the counter and being like hi can i get some help like that shit always pissed me off like three thousand times more there was one night when i was training kayo as manager and we were sitting in the office and it was at the end of the night so like at the at our theater we always had somebody sitting in our box office you know in case customers needed help and i don't know who was closing box it might have actually been nobody because it was both managers on and so maybe mm-hmm. i think he was supposed to be down there um but we were all sitting in the office and i looked up at the cameras and i saw this guy standing behind the concession stand trying to open the beer fridge and oh yeah I remember and i this. went what is happening and kayo who is a dear friend but he like did not ever want to do anything he did not ever want to move 
I've never seen this man move so fucking fast and he's a big boy and he got up and he fucking ran down and I watched him on the camera like screaming at this guy he scared the shit out of him he like took off out of the theater it was so good Oh, Kaya was like our resident attack dog. One, just take a moment. Sending love to Kaya. I don't know if he fucking <laughs> listens, but love you. Um, yeah, he was our resident attack dog. And like he was like, yeah, like a big intimidating looking guy. Such a puppy dog at heart. But at the same mm-hmm. time, like he had no, like I've never seen it in my life. Like literally no tolerance for customers. Like the second he walked in the door, like the second. Like, oh, he yeah. was ready to fucking kill them instantly. So, like, if one of them legitimately then did something deserving of being, like, told off, like, yeah. Oh, my God. I was always, like, in the back fucking stock room, like, fucking signing the cross, like, praying for their soul. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the end. Yeah, I was just sitting in the office, like, smiling. Like, could not wait to hear the gossip that I was going to get from him. Oh, it was great. Um, but, yeah, so he goes behind the counter on, like, um, <laughs> what customers should not do. Yes. And he keeps hearing the moaning so he goes into the back room and he sees what looks like a woman lying in a bed so he goes up to her and we pretty quickly realize that it's a mannequin yeah like it's pretty clear it's not a woman um and this mannequin sits the like straight fucking up opens its mouth and just starts laughing which immediately is like terrifying like no 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 i don't fuck with that um as this happens the door behind him slams and he tries to get it open, but it's locked. Then the window across the room flies open on its own. And as he goes over to go out the window, presumably, it slams shut again. All this music starts to, like, swell up as we get, like, real creepy. And he's trying to open the window, but it's locked. Um, and then the other window, this fucking random-ass mannequin comes flying at it from the outside. And yeah. it shatters all the glass and it falls in. So now he's panicked because shit is happening all around him, you know, Opening, like, wouldn't walking. you be panicked if you were in a fucking oh. strange place and, like, you were being attacked by, like, mannequins? Honestly, it's what he gets for going back there. But, um, yes, I would be fucking terrified. So he starts right. to back away from the window and he tries to open another door, which is a closet. And when he opens it, this third mannequin falls out. And I don't really know how to describe this specific mannequin because the other two, like, just look, look like, like mannequins. female mannequins. This one has no hair and it's bald face- as fuck. It's, like, faces scrunched up in this, like, really weird grimace with, like, a lot of, like, skin rolls. Like, very witchy. Yeah. And it is just, like, it's doing the hyena lady in the tramp laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's also, like, clearly on some kind of, like, um, like, string or something. Because it's, like, leaning forward at, like, a 45 degree angle. And it's, like, Yeah, it's, like, wobbling. Yeah. So it is now, like, fully out, like, lunging at him, like, laughing. And he, we go back to the uh, mannequin that flew through the window to see that it is decapitated. The head is now on the floor. This head fucking turns and looks at him with these, like, black demon eyes. Its mouth, like, falls right open, and it makes this very deep, like, yeah. <laughs> And it's, like, clearly, like, a female head of a mannequin, yeah. but it's this, like, deep voice. So now we have... The mannequin on the bed laughing. We have the high-pitched hyena laugh from the uh, closet. And then we have this laugh from the severed head on the floor. Mm -hmm. So this bitch is like, no, 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 no. I'm out. So he grabs this mital. Mital. Oh, my God. I did write, though, that, like, Mm -hmm. because essentially, I mean, even other than, like, the scrunchy face one, which I'm just going to assume is a a girl. Why not? I think they're all. I feel like Um, most of the mannequins in this film are female. Yeah. I just put, like, honestly... The girls are just vibing. They like, are. 
They really are. They're just like, hey. And they're like, have, they're like having a laugh at, like, at this man's expense, which is like, honestly, how I want to chill with the girls. Like, let's go to an abandoned fucking gas station, hide in the closet, scare a man that fucking tries to come into our space, and then laugh at him. As he um, has the shit scared out of him. Just me and the girls. Just girly things. Yeah, I'm on board with that. We can do yes. that next time we hang out. Oh, thank God. <sighs> Amazing. So he has had enough. So he picks up this metal pipe that he finds on the floor. And he goes over to the front door. And he starts to just kind of like smash a hole into the door. And then he reaches his arm in to try to open the door from the other side. And something grabs him. And his arm is stuck. And he's, you know, yelling. Like someone is holding him in there. Mm-hmm. Um. So, oh, sorry, I lost my place. Um, so, okay, we see this really big cabinet directly across from him um, that is, starts to shake on its own. Um, and the doors of the cabinet are opening and closing. We see this, like, bare light bulb that's sitting on a table starts to flash on and off. We see a chair starting to shake. So now you see that all these things in the room are starting to, like, move on their own. It's very weird. Meanwhile, you still hear all the laughter in the background. The metal pipe that he had used that's on the floor starts to shake and we just cut between all of these things in like a very menacing like quick cut kind of way um Mm -hmm. and then we see that oh and then all these bottles like start coming out of the cabinet just like smashing around him like right next to his head you know right like it's like some paranormal activity shit Mm -hmm. like shit is moving on its own yeah so everything's moving bottles are flying at his face smashing around him and then we see that there's this knife that's inside the cabinet and it starts to shake as well. So you're like, oh, fuck. This knife is going to come for him. Right. So, as you suspected, it does. But it pierces the wall right next to his head. And you're like, okay, good. He got it. And then we do these really quick cuts of, like, the three mannequin heads all laughing, like, one by one. And then back to the metal pipe. And it finally lifts up off the ground. And it just fucking flies at him and stabs him in the back. So we finally, it's finally happened. He has been got. And without making a sound, he, like, opens his mouth really wide, kind of in the same way that the mannequins are. And he does not make a peep. And he just reaches back to try to grab the pole from his back. And you hear, like, dripping of his blood that is coming out of the other end of it. And then we hear some, like, mumbling man speaking. You can't really understand what he's saying. And we hear the door open. And we hear a body dragging. And we kind of just pan across the room while we hear these things. And we finally end on the original locked window that is now just wide open and we can see like the curtains blowing in this like nice breeze and we hear birds chirping and it's just like very serene now and then that's it that's the opening scene i did want to talk about quickly Mm -hmm. like yeah when he gets impaled by this pipe like it's like yeah like a full like metal like goddamn pipe like like soaring through the air and like impales him right so like you know he's not going to survive this like he's he's dead essentially but it kills me because it's like (laughs) the reaction is like it's just like a funny moment because it's like you just hear like the whoosh of the pipe going through the air so it's like Mm -hmm. and then it's like silent because he doesn't scream Mm -hmm. the mannequins have stopped laughing i think at this point possibly um but the, his reaction to me was, like, the same reaction you have when you, like, stub your pinky toe super hard, <laughs> but, like, in the middle of the night so you can't wake anybody up, where, like, your mouth, like, drops open and you're like, 
But, like, nothing comes out. And you just, like, kind of stand like that for a moment where you're just, like, mouth open, like, shaking because you're, like, I have never felt pain like this in my life. But also, like, I can't wake anybody up. I need to be fucking chill about it. Like, that was the reaction he had to literally being, like, impaled into a door with, like, a metal pipe. And I was, like, interesting. Yeah, it's a weird choice. But I find it effective because it's just, like... It's so much laughter and, like, commotion going on for, the, like, the two minutes leading up to it that when it just right. goes silent, it's just, like, so eerie. But, That's true. You know? I feel like it was more for the effect than to try to be realistic. None of this movie is realistic. That Yeah. I mean, we gotta keep that in mind. Yeah. So, I mean, from just this opening scene, if you are not hooked and interested in what you're watching, then you're not gonna like the rest of the movie. Because I, what else do you want? other than mannequins that can move on their own and laugh terrifyingly. Right. That's all I want in the movie, honestly. <laughs> Honest, that's all I want. The bar so, is on the floor. <laughs> the metal pipe is in my back. Um, so we are now back on the road, and we see a sign that says, Slauson's Lost Oasis, Western Museum, four miles, um, which is, if you guessed it, the tourist trap. Um, dun 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 roll credits insert gif of leonardo dicaprio pointing at the screen (laughs) yes um so now we have the three friends and eileen um driving along in their car which i just need to make a comment on the car that they're driving Mm -hmm. because i think it is the ugliest car i've ever seen in my life really i love the old jeep oh i hate it it looks like a military car yes i do don't you know that my fantasy is to be in the military (laughs) Oh my god, shut the fuck up. Fantasy Island <gasps> reference. Ugh, no, it's, yeah, it's just like, it's a Jeep, but it's, it's like a convertible Jeep. It's not like the ones with, like, no doors. Um, yeah. It, it, it feels like a military vehicle where you would see, like, soldiers, like, riding around in it. Um, yeah, so I, I just, mean, you're right. It's not cute. I don't like it. So they're driving around, the four of them, obviously assuming they're going to look for Woody. So... Um, you know, they're talking and they see the sign and Eileen makes a comment about tourist traps and how they're all bullshit and, you know, it's always just this big lead up to just a bunch of lame trinkets and nothing of worth. So, like, mm-hmm. like I don't want to go to them. So she's already talking shit and that's not a good sign. Um, so as they're driving, they see that Jerry's tire that he was wheeling around has just kind of been left on the side of the road. And I would probably find that menacing. I would be like, uh-oh, like, where is he? Right. Did I say Jerry? I meant Woody. Um, yes. Woody's tire. I don't know if we said before. The guy with the tire who then died in the first scene, yes. his name was Woody. Yes, Woody. Um, so we see his tire, and they're just like, oh, he must have gone this way. So being stupid, they just keep going. And they speed past the sign that they don't notice that says, close to the public. And there's this, like, menacing bird on top of it that's, like, cawing, and, like, it's very creepy. Um, so as they're driving, somehow their car just, like, breaks down for yeah. no reason like we don't ever get explained like what happened the car just breaks down well i think i think i know what happened but i it will give away stuff later so i'll bring I mean, it up later yeah i feel like it's insinuated but like they never speak on like what actually happened to the car right. um, but also it's like a horror movie with a bunch right. of teens so like do we need anything more than just like oh, the car doesn't work now well also there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that's just not explained that you're just supposed to just like go with so you're like, yeah, I guess that's just what's going on. Right. So the car breaks down and uh, Jerry, who is the man with them, um, is like, oh my God, this has never happened before. I don't know what's going on. So he climbs out of the car to try to fix it. And all the girls are like, yeah, I don't, 
I don't care. I'm going to go wander off. So Eileen goes off and she climbs this little hill and she's like, oh my God, girls, you have to come see this. This is paradise. So all the girls go run off and they find this beautiful waterfall, of course, which honestly I would want to go swim in. It looked so nice. And they're like, oh my God, let's go in the water. And this one girl, Molly, who let's talk about Molly really quickly. Oh God. Okay. So the three girls, just to be clear, are Eileen, who is the she was girl a sunbathing who was, babe. She's sunbathe. Yeah. She's wearing like just a normal like tank top with shorts, looking cute. And then we have Becky, who is Tanya Roberts. Don, and Donna's she, mom. Yes, Donna's mom. She her. is the like hottie of the bunch. She's wearing this like really tiny strapless tube top that's like shows her belly and she's wearing like these really, really short shorts and she's like the cutie patootie of the bunch. Mm-hmm. And then we have Molly, who is wearing this like church lady sweater that's like buttoned all the way up to her fucking neck it's like a light pinkish white she's wearing her hair in these braided pigtails she's in like a white gown underneath the whole thing yeah it's like a white dress but over she has like the sweater thing over it that's really ugly and she's wearing um this really ugly hat like on top of her pigtails and she just looks like she belongs on the prairie. Like, it's not cute. Yeah, I don't know. she's, like, clearly set up to be, like, Miss Virgin Pure of the film. Yeah, she's the innocent one. Um, so, of course, the other two girls are more promiscuous and, like, oh, let's go in the water. And Molly's like, right. but what do you mean? We don't have our bathing suits. So Eileen's like, well, who needs a bathing suit? And this is really <laughs> the moment where you assume the nudity is going to come. But as I've already stated, no, 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 you don't get any titties. Because you, you get them. shoulder blades, and that Ooh. you're gonna be fucking happy with that, okay? You, yeah, you do get Tanya Roberts like top boob, just like no nip, you know? Yeah. Um. So we cut back and forth from them in the water to Jerry, who's still trying to figure out what's going on with his car, and he sees that one of his lights has been smashed. That's really the only thing we get about the car is that yeah. like a light is broken. So we go back over to the water, and all the girls are now swimming naked, as you can see, um, from their shoulders up. And we get, like, that classic horror POV, POV shot from, like, behind a bunch of leaves watching them. And yeah. it focuses in on Molly specifically. Um, and then, you know, we're looking at Molly, and then it pans up to reveal this man who is carrying a shotgun. He's wearing these, like, full overalls. And he's wearing a cowboy hat that honestly rivals Ricky's from cowboy camp. wrote the same goddamn thing. I said, how the fuck, without even, like, realizing that we did it, did we pick two movies back to back where there are literally some of the biggest fucking cowboy hats I've ever seen in my entire life. Honestly, if you told me that, like, that was Ricky's father, that these movies existed (laughs) in the same universe, I would say correct. Because the cowboy Mm -hmm. hats fucking track. Yeah, this thing is, like... The Ricky one is, like, crazy because Ricky's so fucking young and small. So, like, I'm sure, like, Mm -hmm. to a degree, any cowboy hat would look crazy big on him. This is, like, a big, full-grown man. And he still manages to find a cowboy hat that is, like, five times the size of his fucking head. Mm -hmm. It's massive. Goddamn. So, this is uh, our new character, um, played by Chuck Connors, who I did not previously know, but I looked him up. And I guess he was, like, a pretty big, like, Western star. So, the hat checks um mm-hmm. he was in like a he lot of he brought it from his own collection oh my god it was his own personal hat probably um so he's like hey girls you having a good time and he sits did down. you say he was carrying a gun did you make yes he's that? carrying okay, a full yeah. shotgun yes um so he sits down on the edge of the water and he starts talking to the girls um he's asking them if they're having fun and he's like you know i used to charge people to swim here but 
ever since that damn highway got built, no one ever comes around anymore. Um, and it's like kind of creepy because obviously any man that arrives when I'm naked and he's carrying a gun, I'm not really for. <laughs> any man that arrives, <laughs> period, anywhere, I'm uncomfortable. Correct. And uh, any man that arrives with a gun anywhere, period, now I'm frightened. Yeah. So he keeps going on and on about how like, yeah, like this new highway, he's like really harping on the highway. He's like, no one comes around here anymore. I never get any customers. Um, and Becky's like, oh, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, we were just looking for our friend. Like, he got, like, our friend got lost. And he's like, oh, is it a lady? And she's like, no, it's a he. And his name is Woody. Um, he's like, oh, well, sorry. I haven't seen anyone. Like, no one's been here in weeks. Um, so, like, sorry for you. He's obviously also very interested in Molly. He's, like, speaking mostly to her. Well, the um, thing he does, going back to our mm-hmm. customer service rant very, very quickly, is that he, like, asks her her name, right? And she's like, it's yep. Molly. And then proceeds for the rest of the conversation, on top of the fact that he's clearly, like, enamored with her and, like, want, would focus on her anyways, he keeps, like, being, like, Molly, Molly, which in customer mm-hmm. service, I know y'all motherfuckers know, which is why if you watch Superstore, that's why um, Amy never uses a name tag with her actual name on it, mm-hmm. which is just, like, if a customer learns your name, they, like, then think it's this, like, personal experience where it's, like, no. Like, I do it all the time at the movie theater because, like, my name, Anya, is not spelled like a lot of spellings of Anya, which is A-N-Y-A. It's spelled – it doesn't look anything like how it's pronounced. It's A-I-N-E. So I'd always get people being like, how do you say that? Why do you need to know? Take your mm-hmm. popcorn and get in your motherfucking theater. Like, we are not friends. But then, like, you tell them because you have to be nice. You have to put on your customer service voice. We'd be like, oh, it's Anya. And then, you know, they ask about it. And I'm like, oh, it's 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 the Irish spelling or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they always, like, come back. And they're like, well, thanks, Anya, for your help. And then they come back and they need something else. Hey, Anya, could I get – stop. I'm going to stop you right there, Chief. Stop using my fucking name. We mm-hmm. are not friends. We literally are not friends. If I don't know your name, I don't want you to call me by my name. I just never understood, like, why you need to have name tags. Like, I think it's only in case they need to be able to identify you if there's a problem. Like, to be like, oh, I had a problem with your cashier, Anya. Like, good. that's purely it. But, like, that happened no, to I, me, too, I and I don't give a fuck because I, I, I was not that. wrong. We had um, an employee named Prince who's lovely, and people would always give him shit about his name because they'd be like, oh my God, your name is Prince? And he would be like, yeah, like, what the fuck do you want for me to say? Like, that's my name. And it was always so uncomfortable. And, like, just people just need to leave people alone. I just names. hate the public. That's what it is. That's I true. Mean, Especially because our clientele were like old, like fucking privileged boomers. Correct. Not, not good. Yeah. Even though I have a name, I always had a name tag that said Alex, people would still ask my name and I would say it and they'd go, oh, okay, Alice. And I was like, my name's not fucking Alice. It's right here on my name tag. So I just stopped wearing a name tag my last like year there. I don't, I don't think I wore one <sighs> for like a full year. It was great. Good. Um, anyway. Um, so he has, like, he's starting to, like, get up, and he's like, all right, everyone, like, you should probably get out of the water before it turns dark, because the water fills with these water moccasins, which are snakes. Um. Bringing it back to water snakes again. We So many parallels. Are these the same movie? Oh, my God. (laughs) They exist in the same universe. I'm saying it. I'm putting it into the universe. They exist in the same universe. And he is Ricky's father. (laughs) Correct. I mean, what else okay. do I want to say? Um, I don't know if I made notes that his um his name he, he I believe he gives his name. His name is Mr. Slauson. Um, he is the owner of Slauson's Oasis. Right. Um, so he gets up and he laughs and he walks off. So all the girls come back over to Woody, where Mr. Slauson is now, and not Woody, should... Jerry. Oh my God! You're right. I wrote fucking. I did not write these names correctly. <laughs> Oof. Okay. So the girls. Woody back... is dead, y'all. Yeah, Woody's dead. Okay, so the girls go back over to Jerry, 
and they're all talking about how like weird Mr. Slauson was and they're like oh my god he might like cut us up he could be a killer and of course Molly's like defending him she's like no I don't know I don't think so he's sweet so girl cute. you dumb mm-hmm so they get back to the car and Mr. Slauson's there waiting on his truck and he's like all right everyone like why don't you get into my car like I got tools at my place like come on down and we'll get y'all fixed up and it's very clear that he's like still targeting Molly and she's like completely unbothered by it she's like loving the attention probably because when you walk around with those two hotties like and you're wearing that fucking outfit you're not the center of attention but also I just need to mention that she now that she has come out of the water she is no longer wearing that like really high buttoned up sweater she's just wearing the dress and she has taken her hair down so now she has like I think it's pinned back still a little bit but like she looks a lot prettier but she still has like the virgin pure thing going on yeah but like she definitely like dolled herself up a little bit she's like Mr. Slauson's here (laughs) and love a man with a gun Ugh. so they all get in the car and they drive off and they arrive at Slauson's Lost Oasis which is such a good fucking name honestly I know so good um so they go inside and he's like oh like yeah we've gone out of business but you know i'm still here and the room is just like filled with what they call junk it's just a bunch of mannequins there's taxidermied animals everywhere they got animal skulls on the walls Um, but these mannequins it is should be said that like they're mm -hmm. not like your they aren't like the kind of the department store female looking mannequins we saw from earlier like these are kind of like the mannequins i guess i don't know if they would be called mannequins that you would see in a museum like Like dressed up as like historical figures and shit like that yeah there's like there's some like just female ones but there's a lot of like as we will see later there's like generals and like confederate soldiers and stuff like that yeah um so he's talking about how like Oh, well, you know, my wife passed away shortly after the highway was built, back on the highway. Um, And, you know, all he had left was all of this junk, so he kept it for memory's sake. Um, So he gets them all beers, and they're chatting away. And he just, like, starts talking about his life. He mentions that he was in jail briefly, which they really just kind of, like, skim over. He's also kicked out of the Navy. Yeah. So he's, like, really telling them his sordid past, and they don't seem to give a shit. Um, so Eileen is, like, looking at the mannequins, and she's like, wow, these are, like, so lifelike and real. (laughs) (laughs) That shit sent me. I was like, ma'am, have you ever seen a living person before? Like, that's like going into a Macy's and being like, oh my god, I thought that was a real person. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Um, and Mr. Slauson's like, oh yeah, like, my brother made them. He's, like, really, really good at it. He went off to the city. He works for them wax museums now. Um, I know I've really made him a twangy little southerner, um. I mean, he kind of is. To he a kind degree. of is, but well, he—I don't know. I can't describe his. It's just like it is like very like cowboy esque. Yes. So he's he's like, oh, let me show you. So he like turns on this fucking mannequin that is a Confederate soldier, and it's like moving around like real animatronically, and it shoots a gun right at them, and they like jump, and then they all start laughing, and they're like, oh, that was so cool. How'd you do that? And he's like, oh, well, my brother was like really talented with mechanics and pulleys. Like he's really good at all that stuff. So well, like, anytime oh, these mannequins move, like, mm-hmm. the ones that are, like, the soldiers. Yeah. Like, it's clear that, like, in reality when they shot it, it was somebody legitimately just dressed up who mm-hmm. then put on, like, a weird mannequin mask or something. Because the way they move, it's, like, clearly, like, a human being moving. Right. Like, it doesn't, it looks like a human, like, doing, like, a bad impression of a robot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, they're pretending to be a Chuck E. Cheese. Like, Literally. Animatronic rat um so 
Eileen looks out the window and she notices that there's like another house out there and she is like oh okay like what's that who lives over there and Mr. Slauson makes this awful joke he's like oh that's Davy Davy Crockett <laughs> hearty har 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 um he's like oh yeah Davy Crockett was getting wasn't getting along with these other um, mannequins I had to separate them which is just like okay cowboy humor um so, she's like okay as I was asking who the yeah. fuck lives there she's like anyway can we use your phone and he's like yeah go ahead but it doesn't work which is like oh again, god that shit kills me such like an old man joke of like yeah go yeah suit like go for it but uh it's not gonna work um so he he goes off with um jerry to try to go fix the car and he warns them not to go outside like don't go wandering anywhere it's not safe out there we have coyotes and he leaves and they're like okay whatever so molly checks the phone anyway and sees that it really does not work so eileen is like fuck this he's creepy I don't want to deal with this. And I'm going to go to that other house and I'm going to find a fucking phone. And Molly's like, please don't do that. Like, it's like, like, again, defending Mr. Sloss. And she's like, She's truly so fucking annoying in this moment. Like, this is when I decided, I was like, I don't give a fuck what happens to Molly, to be quite honest. Because she's doing that shit, like, yeah, where she, like, not only defends him, but it's like, it's like beyond obvious that, like, something is off here. Right. Like, like, why doesn't he have a working phone? Like, you wouldn't have one just in case of emergencies? Like, why even keep... Like, that shit's always sus as fuck. So then, like, obviously when Eileen is like, this is sus as fuck, he's clearly up to something, and we need to be safe, then, like, of course, Molly's like, he told us to stay here, Eileen. I'm sorry, like, is he our babysitter now? Shut up, girl. Mm-hmm. So Eileen obviously does not listen because she's her own badass self, and she's like, Correct. I'm going outside, I'm going to that house. If I'm not back in 10, form a posse. Mm-hmm. which respect but yes. also i would never go anywhere by myself i would take becky with me but yeah. she does not so we follow eileen as she's going over to the other house she goes inside and we hear a man and a woman talking so she's obviously assuming people are home which is the normal thing so she goes inside and she starts going towards the voices and we hear them getting louder and louder and when she opens the door she finds that there's two mannequins just sitting in chairs it's like this old man and this old woman and Obviously, no one's speaking anymore, and it's really creepy. Um, And then she hears someone whisper her name, and she thinks it's Woody. So she follows the voice into another room, which also, why would you assume that Woody was, like, at this random house? Like, I know he's gone missing, and, like, you thought he was at the gas station, but, like, why would he be there? I mean, I think it's just more like, like, I guess, like, where else would he be? And on top of the fact that, like, if she is really suspicious of this guy, like, who knows? Like, maybe he's holding Woody there. I don't know, if I went somewhere with Greg and, like, my friends, and then I went to some random sketchy house, and I heard, Alex, I wouldn't be like, Greg, is that you? Well, I think, to be fair, also, like, how would someone know her name? True, but I would still, I would, I don't know, I just would not fuck with it. But I guess it's just because I've seen a lot of horror films. Um, that is true, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she follows the voice into another room, and this room is just full of, like, female mannequins. And yep. I would say they're all very, very pretty mannequins. I like them. The girls are gorgeous. Beautiful. Um, so we close up on one of them, and we watch its eyes slowly move as Eileen moves, like, following her. And then we go to another mannequin, we see it do the same thing, and we do that a few times. Um, which is always, like, the creepy doll thing, where, like, yeah, their fucking eyes move and nothing else moves that I don't fuck with. Um, obviously she does not notice this, so she goes up to this, like, mirror, and she finds a scarf. This, like, beautiful red scarf. And she puts it around herself, and she's looking at herself in the mirror... And in the reflection, we see this figure step into a doorway. And 
you can't really tell what you're seeing at first, but you know it's like not not cute. Like I I was not with it mm-hmm. initially, and she thinks it's Woody, so she turns around, and all the glass shatters, and we cut really quickly to a close up of this man wearing this like mannequin mask. Except it's like a doll face mask. It's so fucking creepy. It's like a porcelain type mask, but it doesn't have a mouth. So like. Or eyes. It's, it's just, like, yeah. darkness. Yeah, so the eyes are, like, blacked out, so you can't see any eyes. And then it has, like, the top set of, like, a mouth, and then the rest is open, so you can also see his mouth underneath it. So it's, like, very... For a while, I thought it was, like, a tongue, but I was like, oh, that's just his top <sighs> lip underneath the mask's lip. It's very fucking creepy. And he's wearing, like, this wig, and it's just, like, very disturbing, very uncanny. I don't like it. Um, and so he looks at the window... And the window slams shut. And he looks at the chair and it starts moving. He looks at the door and the door slams like shut and locks. And it's very obvious that like whatever he's doing, he's doing this with his mind. And like he's moving things telekinetically. Mm-hmm. Um, which is not something that we ever explain. It's just So like that if you already do. were like, oh my god, a creepy mannequin movie. Don't worry, there's also telekinesis. Yes, so he's moving all the shit with his mind. And he slides the chair over to Eileen and it hits her legs from behind, causing her to just like fall down into the chair. And then, like, slowly rotates so that she's facing him. And the scarf around her neck starts to slowly tighten around her. Um, and he, you know, then he starts to look at glasses and they break. So we have, like, this, like, background noise of, like, all these glasses breaking as we're watching her just slowly suffocate as she's trying to, like, hold the scarf back. Mm-hmm. And then we're also, like, cutting back and forth from all the mannequins just, like, fucking staring at her and watching her slowly die. And then... This like tiny porcelain doll falls off the chair and everything stops and it just goes quiet. Did you talk about did you talk about the singing? Oh my god, I did not. The whole time also, I'm sorry. The mannequins are singing. This like It's like a creepy harmony. It comes back so many times. Like this is really what's fucking sent me in this movie this and like really made me uncomfortable. Time. It's like it's this creepy harmony of voices and they like start to write where it's like ah, ah, singing a song they're just like doing that at like different octaves and like pitches yeah. and whatever and like spoiler you do actually see them sing later but you don't actually see them singing now you're just like assuming that it's them like because where the fuck else would it be coming from right. it's but like it's like breathy, literally too. haunting yeah it's like this like soft like high-pitched breathy like ah yeah it's very it's very weird so like you start off with all the laughter and now you have this like weird like moaning singing it's very very weird once again the girls are vibing they are they are living for this woman dying (sighs) so yeah end of that scene okay so then we go back to so just be clear there is a little museum slash place that slawson lives in right where they started out and then there's the house that's like down the hill so we're back at the museum with excuse me Donna's mom, Becky, and um, Molly. So Becky's getting, like, worried because it's been, like, a little while now and they haven't seen or heard from or whatever from Eileen. So she starts saying, like, you know, the classic, like, she's been gone for a while. Like, we should go check on her. And Miss Molly is like, I don't give a fuck about that bitch. I told her not to leave. Mm -hmm. I'm not fucking going after her. Which is just like, okay, Molly. Like, I get It's like I get both sides where it's like, in a situation like this, like in a horror movie, if my – also, I just need to make note. Nothing to do with the podcast right now, but I, it is May as we record this, and it is snowing outside right now. Are you serious? 
Mother Nature is returning to our natural state. Well, we live in different states, so that is good. We do. Right now, I can see my beautiful uh, cityscape out my window, and it is sunny and like 40. So I hope the snow ain't coming my way. It's like snowing like a good amount right now. Are you Anyways, yes. Ugh. We love this. Anyways, um, what I was saying, um, I get Molly's stance where it's like, if I was in a horror movie, right, and my friend was doing a classic dumb bitch horror movie move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, breaking a scream rule. We always come back to scream. Like, being like, I'll be right back or whatever. Like, am I going to jeopardize my life? I'm sorry I love my friends and I will do most things for my friends. But also, if I had told you previously, like, don't do that and then you do it, it's not on me to then save your ass, right? Right. But at the same time, like, she's so kind of nonchalant. She's like, I'm not looking for her. I'm pretty sure she's like, you can go. I'm not going anywhere. And it's like, okay. A little too trusting of this random white man with a gun, but. Well, she's really into him. Don't you remember? She, like, isn't, she isn't, though. That's the th- It's, like, she's really forgiving of him, and she's, like, I think he's sweet, and it's, like, sad. He's, like, lonely. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she actually is, like, interested in, like, hooking up with him or anything. But yeah. who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so, as, as they're having this conversation about, like, I should go look, she's, like, f- kind of, like, fiddling around with this, like, button fucking setup thing and she like flips one of the switches and it turns on this mannequin display that's like a few feet from them and it's kind of like this like weird altar thing and it's got lights all around it and this like holy glow and there's a female mannequin who in a very similar fashion to molly herself is like dressed in a white gown very angelic mm-hmm. it just like looks like a woman like in a white angelic gown like long brown hair and they go over to it like oh my god like what is and like like this like kind of like music box like tune is playing in the background and so they're looking at the mannequin um and once again they do this shit where they're like oh my god like it looks so real and i'm like what the fuck is the basis of you guys thinking shit looks real right like it looks like a mannequin but so that but i'm at the same time i'm like i have to give them some leeway because it's the 80s well, 79 or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm sure they didn't have the means to make shit like a fucking goddamn Disney ride where it does look real. Um, but so then they, like, reach, I think Molly or one of them, mm-hmm. like, reaches out and, like, touches the face of the mannequin, and she's like, oh, my God, it, like, feels like flesh. Yeah, which is immediately a fucking red flag for me because oh uh, yeah, no mannequin should feel like fucking flesh. So then, of course, they just, like, you know, oh, well, it must be special rubber. Okay, um, so then, um, they, they think they, like, something happens where, like, then, like, um, Becky goes back over to the window, like, looking again to see if she can see Eileen, and they think they hear something, and then, boop, it's Slauson. He's, like, come back in, he's, like, oop, did I scare you? Um, so then, you know, the thing about it is, like, you don't, at least in my viewing experience, like, I didn't trust Slauson from the second he showed up. Like, I don't know if I'm supposed to. But I definitely don't at any time because one because he's a creepy older white man with a gun, mm-hmm. um, but on top of that, like just because like shit he does, but he comes back in, he's like by himself, he's not with Jerry, and he's like, oh well, I gave Jerry my truck to go into town, mm-hmm. which is like a classic like, oh I can just explain it away, don't worry about it, mm-hmm. um, so. Then he's like apparently because like he knows I guess that Becky and Jerry are like a couple. He's telling Becky that, like, oh, like, you have to be good to him. A wife has to be good to her husband. Which, once again, red flag. 
Yeah. Because one, I also, I, don't to, I also want to mention that he just, he keeps trying to give them more and more beer also. Yes. Which is like, I mean, it's like, could be considered hospitality, but also I took it as like, he's trying to like, get these girls drunk. Um, and Becky's smart and she's like, I'm good. But Molly's like, yeah, I have another one. She's so dumb. Yeah. She really is. Um, not that I'm blaming her for anything that happens. I would never do that. But at the same time, girl, like, you have to look after yourself and you're not doing that. Um, but so, like, yeah, he starts saying this shit where, first of all, Becky and Jerry, as far as I'm aware, are not married. Well, um, she says they are. But, like, they are? Yeah, because he's, it's really weird because, like, there's no mention or, like, reason for you to think that up until this point. But he says, like, oh, how long have you been married? And she says, like, oh, like, not long. What the and fuck? I miss that. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, he's a good guy. Like, you gotta take good care of him. And he starts popping off about it. But, like, it's, I mean, it's said, like, very briefly, like, yeah, that's my husband. Which is weird. What the fuck? Yeah. That's also, like, the random married couple in shopping mall for no fucking reason. (laughs) Anyways, I don't understand what the fuck is going on. But, anyway, yeah. So he starts talking about, like, you know, being good to your husband. I'm already just, like, tuned out. I'm like, hmm, don't care. Um... But then he starts, of course, using us as a segue to talk about his wife. And he starts, like, directly addressing Molly again. Which she doesn't think is weird at all for some reason. No, she's eating it up. So, what'd you say? She's eating it up. Oh, I know. She just, like, is, like, loving the attention. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Molly, you're not ugly. You can get attention otherwhere. Mm -hmm. Other places. Otherwhere is not a goddamn word. I don't know why the fuck I said otherwhere. (laughs) Um, I was like, yeah, otherwhere. (laughs) Yes, that one. Yeah. Um. So he starts talking about, like, you know, his wife and how, like, they were going to make this place such a nice resort. Um, but then, like, she died so young. Says she died in his arms from cancer. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You know, tragic. Um, but then, like, he quickly, like, switched topics and he's like, you know, like, oh, where's that other girl? So then they're kind of like, um, well, like, she, like, went out. LOL. So immediately he's like, well, I bet she's snooping. Which, like. First of all, like, if you don't have anything to hide, why do you care? Right. Because the only reason you told her not to go out is because of the coyotes. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not like he's like, oh, my God, well, she could be in danger. He's like, she's fucking snooping. What do you right. have and to like, hide, Slauson? Like, what do you swear she's snooping for? Like, it's very right. obvious that there's something going on that he does not want her to see. So, he goes out to look for her, which... If, once again, like, now I feel like this is another huge red flag. If that was my friend, and this guy's, like, clearly, like, annoyed... And we don't know him that well. Like, she's snooping. I'm going to go find her. I feel like as your friend at this point, I would feel like, okay, like, I don't know this dude. Like, what if he's, like, because he's angry at my friend, like, he does something to her. Mm-hmm. And now Jerry, which I don't I don't subscribe to the idea that I need a man there to protect me. But at the same time, like, it is nice to have as many people there as possible. And, like, these girls are not – I mean, Slauson is a bigger built guy. Like, I would just guess on the, the way that their bodies are built. Like, physically, they would not be able to take him on. So, like, just, like, having Jerry there, who could probably physically go toe-to-toe better with Slauson. That's what I'm trying to say. Right. Not because he's a man. Because um, I don't need a man for anything. Got it. Anyways. <laughs> God! But, yeah, they like, they, like, don't go out. Like, I would be like, okay, the second he leaves, we need to fucking go and find her. Right. Like, No. So, he goes out, um, he's, he's now down at the house, and he's looking around, and he starts calling out Davy. So, fuck what he said earlier about Davy just being a mannequin. Clearly, Davy is a person. Mm-hmm. 
So this woman get this. So he's like, you know, Davy, Davy. He's calling around. Nobody's answering. Whatever. Going from room to room. Well, then he goes into one room where Eileen was, and he finds her. Well, now she is not Eileen. She looks exact. It's she's a mannequin. There it is. She's a fucking mannequin. It's a little confusing at first. Like he opens the door and it's like. It looks like Eileen because it's the same exact clothes. They're sitting mm-hmm. in the same chair. They got the red scarf around the neck, same hair. But the face looks like the creepy fucking doll face mask thing. Right. Like where it's like black eyes, like gaping weird mouth. And they're just like sitting there. So she's supposed – you have to believe at this point it's like, okay, like either someone – she's been re- – she's her body has been taken somewhere and they put an exact mannequin in her place or she's turned into a mannequin. Correct. You don't know quite yet, but you're like, okay, something's happening. And so Slauson sees her and he's like, oh, God. So we can kind of assume he knows what's happening mm-hmm. and is, I guess, in this moment like, oh, no, about it, which I still don't trust the bastard, so it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Um, so back at the little museum, Molly's now going through Slauson's photo albums, um, and we get, like, a quick shot of, like, a, you know, killer POV or whatever from outside looking in and watching them. Can I also just so, say that, like, he just got so mad at the concept of Eileen snooping. And then, yes! Like, what does Molly do? She snoops. And I think fucking Becky says, like, I don't know that he would, like, like you looking at his stuff. Right. Where it's just, like, I, I, the fucking logic doesn't... These girls! They're asking for it! I hate to say it! Um, I would never say that in any other context. I want that on record. Um, anywho, she's looking through this photo album, um, and she finds a picture of his wife, which they then realize looks exactly like this female mannequin display that they turned on earlier. Mm -hmm. So they don't think that's weird at all. They're like, oh, well, like, that's probably how he remembers her. I would also like to go on record and say, when I am one day married, and if I die before my husband... I am begging he does not make a mannequin of me and keep it in the house. Yeah, Greg, don't do that if I die. I don't think that's a lot to ask. I'm also asking if my husband dies before me, he better have some PS I love you shit set up or I'm not mourning him. (laughs) Anyway. So, like, as they're like, oh, it's probably his way of remembering her. Slauson just reappears out of nowhere. And he's like, I loved her very much. (laughs) And they're like, oh, okay, he's back. Um, So he, like, you know, says essentially what they were saying. He's like, you know, he did it to keep her memory alive, which, you know, is the whole point of a wax museum. It's to keep memories alive, which I'm like, it's to make money. Let's be clear. Um, And to take fucking Instagram photos. So yeah, nineteen seventy nine. That was the motive. Yeah, for the gram. <laughs> Hashtag no filter. Stop it. Um. So like Molly's like, oh, like you know, your wife was very beautiful, and then creepy as hell. He's like, she still is. Yeah, I didn't but, like, like that. How many fucking red flags do y'all need? A lot, I guess. A lot. I-, I can't. So. So then he's like, oh yeah. By the way, I couldn't find Eileen. So like at this point, it's like as an audience. You have to know that, like, something is up with him, obviously. Uh, uh, Beyond all the other red flags that I've given you, he is now, as we saw, he found Eileen's body. Then he comes back, and it's not like he's telling them, but he's trying to sugarcoat it. He's like, nope, didn't see her. Which is, oh, she must have gone back over to the Jeep. Yeah. So then this is when he goes and gets his gun, right? So he gets his gun, and he's like, well, I'm going to go try to find her again. 
So they're like, do you really need to take the fucking gun with you? And he's like, okay, I won't bring the gun. (laughs) And it's like, okay, why was any of this necessary? So they ask, they're like, oh, well, like, can we go with you to, like, help find her? And he's like, no, stay here. Which is just like, why? Yeah, I mean, so I'm assuming he came back purely to get the gun and then didn't use the gun. Because why else would he have come back? Which, like, doesn't... Like, as far as we know, like, why, though? Like, okay, well, I guess, like, so, the okay, thing the is, way, like... the way I took it was he came back to get the gun to then go find Davy. Yes, okay. Because yeah. Davy has killed Eileen, and he's like, fuck, I need to, like, take care of this. I'm gonna get my gun. And then, obviously, he doesn't want to freak them out, so he's like, oh, never mind, never mind. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, that, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so... After he leaves, now the girls are like, finally, they're like, okay, we need to go. Like, okay. we need to find her. Like, we cannot stay here. But so, Molly is but, still protesting, by the way. She yeah. still does not want to go. She's still like, I don't know. I don't think we should go. But then, like, Becky's like, well, I'm fucking going. And Molly's like, you know, okay, fine, I'll come this time. Mm-hmm. So then we cut to the girls. They're outside. It's fully dark now. Like, they got flashlights. They're searching around. Um... And they're kind of, like, nearing the house. And they hear Eileen's laugh inside the house. So immediately they're like, oh, my God, nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. That bitch is in there fucking Woody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what I think is, like, a stretch to jump to. Because I don't believe that they fucking hear a male voice, as far as I remember. They literally no, just hear Eileen also, laughing. Why is her laughing mean that she's having sex? I mean, that's a statement on their relationship. I guess. That's probably We won't tell into thing. that. Um, but so, like, they're, like, so then Becky's, like, oh, well, like, that bitch, like, I can't believe, like, they would, like, do that in someone else's house. Like, she's crazy. Like, we should go sneak up on her. Like, blah, blah. And then, Be- and then um, Molly's, like, no, no, no. Like, if that's what they're doing, like, we should, like, leave them alone. Like, I'm going to go back. Mm-hmm. She's, like, come on. Like, she deserves it. So Becky's, like, decided she's going to go sneak up on these two having sex. So she, like, climbs the side of the house and gets, like, mm-hmm. the second story and climbs through a window and, like, Molly kind of watches her and as she's like, no, I'm not doing that, and, like, goes back to the museum. Mm-hmm. So, Becky's now in the house. So, she's, like, sneaking around, blah, blah, and she gets to this bedroom where she supposedly has heard this laughter. And it's dark in there, and there's mannequins, as there are in every room of this house. There's at least, like, fucking ten mannequins. And there's a bed with a sheet clearly over, like, a body. So, she, which, once again, it looks like it's over one body, not two bodies. But so she's still convinced that, like, oh, this is where they're having sex. And also, nothing is moving under the sheets. It's just, like, a stiff body. Literally. So then she, like, walks in and, like, pulls the sheet back. Well, there's just a mannequin under there. Like, this lipstick-smeared mannequin. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh. And then immediately, and once again, I guess, like, she's fully letting it sink in. that Like, now she's in, like, a weird house with mannequins. It's dark. Her friend that she thought was there is not there. So now she's scared. Excuse me, hear my burp? Did you hear it? Oh my god. Everyone, I just need to make note. I've been waiting for this. Um, Anya burps constantly. It's amazing that I didn't burp once in the last podcast. I know, I could not believe it. Because Anya and I send each other audio messages instead of texting because we both just like can't fucking shut up so we have a lot to say. Um, And without fail, every single time she sends me a message, there's at least one burp. So that's your uh, monthly burp. Yeah. Congratulations. I might have a better one for you guys later, but that was all I could conjure up at the moment. Anyways. (laughs) so 
she's like, oh my, come on, guys. Like, this isn't funny. And, uh, you know, classic horror lines. Like, this isn't funny anymore. Like, you're scaring me. Like, come out. So then, <clears throat> as she's doing this, being like, I'm, I'm scared. She hears someone calling her name. So anytime someone's name gets called in this movie, too, by, like, someone we don't see, it's always, like, this kind of, like, ominous whisper. So mm-hmm. it's like, Becky. Becky. So... As she hears this, from the darkness behind her, because she turns, from the darkness behind her emerges our big fucking doll face mannequin guy. Um, <clears throat> but she doesn't see him, so he doesn't attack right away. He just, like, kind of emerges. We're like, oh, he's there. <clears throat> so she follows this voice, goes into another room, and this is where she sees Eileen. But Eileen is turned around, so it just looks like the back of her. So she's like, oh, my God, like, Eileen's here. So she spins her around, well, it's mannequin Eileen, as we've previously learned, and she does, like, she, like, lurches forward, arms open, Mm -hmm. like, she's trying to give her a big old mannequin hug. So, of course, like, Becky's like, hell fucking no. Mm -mm." So she, like, freaks out, and she tries to run, but then is, like, fucking tackled football player style by the fucking huge mannequin doll. Like, he fucking takes her out. So then, like, he he fucking like i guess hits the ground so hard because he stays down on the floor for like the rest of the fucking scene he does and i um, think at this point we it's pretty safe to say that this is davy that we're look that mr slauson has gone looking for yeah so i'm, I'm just gonna refer to him as davy davy let's yeah okay. davy just to make it easier um so she like after she gets tackled and like davy's lying on the floor she kind of gets up um, but now Davy is conscious enough to be using his telekinetic powers because he makes all the doors lock. And here comes our fucking gorgeous gal singing again. Oh, it's almost like, like the Little Mermaid. Yeah, it is. Um, if the Little Mermaid was a horror movie. Oh, God. That would, that's what I need in my life. Little Mermaid is one of my favorite fucking movies. Turn I it like horror. There definitely are some mermaid horror movies. Well, there are, but I want the Little Mermaid specifically. I want yeah. Ariel, but she's a final girl. That's what I want. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. Um, so then, like, finally, she, so she, you know, Becky's freaking out, the singing, all that. She's, like, you know, pulling at the door. Finally, the door opens, but a fuckload of mannequins were just, like, like kind of just, like, bodies of mannequins. I don't even think they're full mannequins. Like, we're waiting outside the door, and they all, like, topple on top of her knocking her mm-hmm. down again so now that she's back on the floor <clears throat> davy takes this opportunity to like get back on top of her but then she takes a loose mannequin arm that was on one of these mannequins hits him over the head with it mm-hmm. so now he's back kind of knocked out again so we're thinking like oh miss pinciotti miss donna's mom miss becky she's got some fight in her maybe she'll make it out so after she hits him, well, now the girls, our mannequin gals, they aren't so happy about that. Mm-mm-mm. They start fucking rocking back and forth. Mm-hmm. And they are sangin' now, baby. They're sangin'. They're like, <laughs> So they then they, like, all pile up on her. I love this one shot. So they all fall on her. So she gets pummeled again by these mannequins. So she kind of gets, like, knocked out this time. So after we see that she's, like, knocked out, they do this shot where it's, like, supposedly, I guess it would be from Becky's point of view, where you're looking straight up, and it's, like, five of the gals gathered in a circle above her, like, singing. They're, like, but they're, like, kind of look like they're, like, whispering to each other. They're, like, "Ah." (laughs) 
Like, they're like, they're like, ugh. it's like a gossip circle, and I was kind of living for it. It's like the cult uh, that I do want to join. Yes. Where are my mannequin girls at? So then we cut to this, like, kind of, like, basement mannequin workshop. There's, like, a bunch of, like, mannequin parts all around, like, arms and shit like that. There's a full, like, table slab thing. You got a girl that we have not previously met. She's, like, tied up on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, well, here comes Davey walking down the stairs. He's holding, like, Becky, who's, like, semi-conscious. And he brings her down, and he ties her to this pole in the basement, which we then see Jerry is also tied to. So Jerry obviously did not leave with the car. He was down there, which is another sus moment because we're like, okay, if Davey is the one that's, you know, perpetrating these attacks and these crimes, it mm-hmm. would appear that Slauson has some fucking hand in it because he was with Jerry. Right. And he was covering up. So okay. like, what the- I didn't think about that. That's a good point. So, like, what the fuck is going on? So you I can't say, trust any of them. This is also the scene where, like, I first really got that Texas Chainsaw kind of vibe because, like, the masked, like, killer takes the poor girl down to the basement where, like, there are mannequin limbs, like, hanging from the ceiling and there's, like, a mm-hmm. girl tied to a slab. It's, like, very, like, creepy Texas Chainsaw. Like, is he going to cut these bitches up? Like, what's going to happen? Yeah. Kind of, like, terror backwoods, like, shit that I don't fuck with. And if you have seen, as we previously talked about, 2005 House of Wax. Yes. I mean, as you were saying, there are, like, a lot of things that I believe that they definitely pulled from this movie. Um, uh, along with others. But, like, the scene when you first see Jared Padalecki and his horrible fate, like, this is kind of what that moment is like. Or, well, we're getting to that. This is where that would happen. Anywho, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, you know, Davy brings... Becky down, ties her up, and he's like, this is the first time you hear the mannequin person talk. And they kind of have the Davy. I shouldn't be, I keep forgetting we're calling him Davy now. Davy's voice, I'm trying to remember how he does, he's like, he talks like this. Like, it's like a very, like, weird, like, smoker's, like, gravelly voice. Um, so he says to the girl on the table, like, you know, like, oh, I brought you a visitor. Um, and then, like, he kind of, like, goes over to her and is, like, you know, like, touching her or whatever. And she says something like, no, not again. Like, which I'm, like, they don't even really, you don't really get an answer to, like, what happened to her the first, other than, like, I'm sure, like, him, like, knocking her out and bringing her here. Um, <clears throat> and then he, like, asks, he's, like, why don't you like me? <laughs> and it's, like, well, so glad you asked. I have a few reasons. Yeah, One of them being that you fucking kidnapped me and tied me up in a basement um but yeah so then like you know he he kind of like davy leaves or whatever yada 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 so there's just the three of them left down there so like becky's like oh jerry like you know what's going on blah blah and he's like it's lawson's crazy brother that's davy like whatever and then like the girl on the table did you get her name yeah her name is tina tina so tina they're obviously they don't know who this girl is she she tells them like yeah like he captured me at like a, i was stopping for gas and like that's when he got me um and then she she gives like you know like we're not gonna make it out of here like we're all going to die yeah and then so we cut away ominous. i'm thinking maybe maybe she i mean i don't know if she got stopped by herself or if like she was with other people because like maybe she was tied up and she watched him kill other people that she was with um it's kind of just left up for like the imagination well because at first my thought was that 
he was using her to like make mannequins like maybe like using her body as like a cast which like you will soon learn is not actually the case he hasn't done anything yet um but that's what I got when she was like not again I was like oh like has he been like using her to make some of the mannequins upstairs Mm -hmm. but that is not in fact what the mannequins are which you will learn right so after that we go back over to Mr. Slauson's house where Molly is by herself waiting for Becky to come back um and honestly if i were her i would not be feeling comfy in some random guy's house where all of my friends have mysteriously gone missing and i'm just like just gonna wait for my friend like it makes no fucking sense that she wouldn't have gone with becky like i don't understand no it doesn't make any sense and like even if you don't want to like interrupt your friends having sex i would still want to like be sure that that's like where they were and that's what they were doing and that we could all be together as a group again i would not like go back alone in the middle of the night in a place I don't know. I would interrupt my friends at that point. I'd be like, listen, enough is enough. Like, this dude is out here looking for you. He, like, tried to get his gun. Like, stop fucking around. We need to Mm -hmm. go back. Exactly. So she's just fucking around, just waiting. So she goes back over to the wife mannequin, and she turns it back on, and she starts to look at it. And then she, like, goes in front of it and puts the, like, the white, like, shawl-type material in front of herself as if she's wearing the dress. And it's just, like, this weird moment of, like, I am this beautiful mannequin in, like, the display case. Well, this is, like, where we keep going back and forth, where it's, like, does she want to be with Slauson? Like, because, like, obviously, like, she's loving the attention. Like, she has every opportunity to go along with her friends and be, like, yeah, he is creepy and weird or whatever. But every time she's, like, defending him or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, like, she seems infatuated with the idea of his dead wife, including up until this point when she, like, clearly starts to like yeah yeah like she like puts like the sleeve over her own arm or whatever where it's like do you want to be here like do you want to be the next mrs slauson i'm confused that's kind of the vibe i got honestly but so that's what she's doing we cut back over to the other house where davy is now sitting in a chair and he's applying like makeup to his face and he's like obviously he's taken off the like initial like mask that he was wearing with like the blonde wig and now he's wearing this other mask with this, like, big, black, slicked-back, like, Vegas hair. Like, <laughs> and he puts on this, like, stupid little magician's hat. This, like, little I thought it was, hat. like, an Abe Lincoln top hat. I mean, it reminded me of a magician. And, like, it was, like, definitely, like, a top hat. But it was just, like, weird. And it, like, didn't really, like, fit on his head. It just kind of, like, sat on top of the weird, like, wig he was wearing. And I was like, that's bad drag. I don't, I don't fuck with it. <laughs> um so uh, he puts on this little outfit, and he's like, the whole time, he's just constantly, like, muttering to himself under his breath, like, blah, 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 blah. and you're like, what the fuck is wrong with this man? A lot. Yeah, so he goes back downstairs to the little basement, um, and he has, like, this tray in his hand, and he's like, all right, everybody, we're gonna have a party. Yeah. Um, and he's <laughs> How like, do I look? Yeah, he's like, yeah, do you think I look good? And he starts pouring shots, and he, it's just like the last thing I ever expected. And so he brings one over to Becky and he makes her drink the shot. And then he goes and he pours one for Tina. And she's like, fuck that. I'm not drinking this. So he's like, ah, there's no point anyway. So he drinks the shot. I think she was assuming maybe it was like poison. I think you forgot when Jerry was like, leave her alone. So he throws a drink in Jerry's face. Oh, yeah, he does. He's a little bitch. Um, So he throws, you know, he drinks Tina's shot and he throws the glass. And and then he's immediately like, all right, party's over. (laughs) Quickest party. He's like, that was enough of that. Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. So he, we see Jerry, like, trying really hard to, like, 
remove his ropes with his teeth that are like like tied him to the stairs and so you're like okay maybe jerry will be able to like get out of his restraints and this is what's gonna happen we're gonna be great so davy's done with the party and now he's like oh well tina it's a shame you're gonna have to die which is like the very last thing you ever want to hear when you are tied up to a table so he Um, i would say yeah correct yeah so he puts the strap around her face like around her chin and then up around her forehead and he nails it down to the table so that her face is held in place which is not great you do not want this Mm. so he's like you're not really sure what he's gonna do at this point but you know it's not gonna be good and he tells her like don't worry this will be quick but it won't be easy you won't you're gonna die of fright before anything else yeah oh so he takes this plaster which i have seen people comparing it to like melted marshmallow i mean that's what it looks like it's like not i I had read what it was i forget now though um but it's just like thick white like plaster type thing and he starts applying it to her forehead you know and she's crying she's begging him to stop um and he's saying oh like the whole time while he's like painting this plaster on her face he's like you know once it starts to dry it's gonna get really hot it's gonna feel like it's burning your skin and you're gonna start to panic and he's just like taunting her the whole time that he's sealing her face with this like right fucking awful i i guess just plaster i don't really know what else to call it um and so you know he's putting it on her cheeks and her forehead and then he starts to rub it over her mouth and he's saying oh you know it's getting so tight now and it must be feeling so hot and you're not going to be able to breathe but you won't suffocate and he says okay now your world is going to go dark you're never going to see again it's just so fucked up like i would say arguably this is the most terrifying scene i agree 100 percent. i mean i think it's one of those things where it's like as i brought up mm-hmm. the jared padalecki thing like yes. spoiler guys if you haven't figured out he fucking dies in the movie okay like i'm it was in 2005 you should have watched it by now um but like it's yeah any scene like that where it's like i mean i'm not someone that i don't really particularly like like torture porn films and this isn't even close to something like torture porn but like it it, he is clearly like he's not just doing like well i have to do this he's like getting pleasure out of the fact that like he is torturing her like he's doing it really slow and as you're saying like he's narrating it for her and like even though it doesn't particularly look scary because like it looks like mounds of melted marshmallow as you were saying but just like the way that he describes it is really what like brings out the fear in the scene because he is saying he's like oh like now i'm covering your mouth and like his mate so it's harder to breathe oh and now your eyes so you're never gonna see again and like yeah the one scene where he said like or the one moment he said um you won't be able to breathe but you won't suffocate like that's fucking oh because he kept saying like you know like you're gonna like literally the idea of dying in this moment is going to kill you before you would actually have died Right. And like like you said, like he could fully have killed her before he did this, but he's taking pleasure out of the fact that he's doing it to her while she's still alive. Right. And like she's helpless. So he covers her entire face with this plaster. So she's just like, it's just a mound of marshmallow on top of her face. And you can hear her heart beating super, super fast. And it gets louder and louder and louder and faster and faster until all of a sudden it just stops. And you're to assume she has died from fright. Mm-hmm. Which is so sad and so frightening. Um, and then he just looks at her and he goes now you are one of us one of us one of us um luckily at this point jerry has successfully removed the rope from around his arms and he attacks davy and they get in this fight and davy throws jerry up against the wall and then you know michael myers style like picks him up by his throat yeah and just like 
holds him up against the wall and Becky is still tied up so she's just watching on in horror she can't do anything um and I believe we cut away at that point yes uh, back to Molly where she is back you know she's still in Mr. Slauson's house and the phone rings which initially my thought was oh interesting because I was told that phone didn't work yeah literally my thought so she it doesn't seem like she even like thinks about that she just goes and she picks up the phone she's like hello and no one's there the phone doesn't work so she like pulls on the plug to show that it's not plugged in which why is that not something that is like terrifying to you because she doesn't seem really phased by it it's not even that it's not plugged in it's like the wires are cut yeah so like how has the phone rang like why is that not a fucking the millionth red flag for you but that's like a huge point. It's like when it rang, instantly my first thought was like, he literally told yeah. you it didn't work and you mm-hmm. checked it earlier and it didn't work. Right. And like essentially for most of the night you've been in the house. So you would have probably seen if like, I don't know, he put a different phone there mm-hmm. or whatever. But like, yeah, there's not even a moment on her face that would like make you think like, oh, she's suspicious that she's just like, oh, better pick up the phone. Like, You're like girl, oh, maybe why is it working? Yeah. So she, at this point, I guess is like, all right, I need to go find my fucking friends. So she takes a flashlight and she goes outside. And as she leaves, the music um, and the lights of the wife's like beautiful altar turn back on. And then she's like, ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, we move back over to the basement where Davy has now um, retied up Jerry, but this time with chains and he's tied up to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so Davy is sitting in the chair and he is painting a little mask and he's just talking to himself. You know, he's just, he's giving the exposition that we need to explain mm-hmm. like who he is, why he's doing it, what, what's happening. So he's telling, you know, his own story. He's saying like, oh, my brother's so stupid. He only cares about this museum. You know, he doesn't even know that I have like these girls down here. He doesn't know that I do any of this. Um, you know, he thinks I, you know, I hate him so much. Like one day I'm going to get rid of him because without him, I could be living in the big city and I could be working at a wax museum because I'm so good. Um, and then he says one of my favorite lines, which Mm -hmm. is my brother always makes me wear the stupid mask. Do you know why? Because I'm prettier than him, which I love. And then he says, we love that confidence. He's like, I'm handsome. And he's afraid that his wife will be attracted to me. So, yeah, this man, this poor, poor Davy, is being forced to wear this awful, like, Phantom of the Opera mask because he's just too fucking fine. And I just, like, love the, the idea women. that, like, probably, like, in reality, most of these situations, when someone's wearing a mask, like, Texas Chainsaw Mask or whatever, it's because, mm-hmm. like, they're, like, ho- deformed. deformed underneath or something like that, where, like, he's like, I can't take off this mask because I'm too beautiful. He's like, I'm a fucking male model, and I'm not allowed to show off my goods because his wife's gonna want to fuck me although she's dead uh, honestly so, that's like, me like when i don't post on instagram for a while i'm like <laughs> you guys i'm literally too beautiful like i can't do that to you yeah pretty much so he's i mean it's also obvious that like he's crazy and if you know yeah i mean the wife is obviously no longer alive so this logic doesn't make any sense right um so he starts going on and on again he's like you know i go to the highway to get these people and you know my brother has no idea, blah, blah, blah. So he's just, like, giving his own personal narration. Meanwhile, Jerry notices that there's a key, I'm assuming, to his um, chains that is on the floor. So he grabs it with his foot, and he very, like, inconspicuously drags it towards himself. No, I think it was Becky that was dragging it, wasn't she? No, it was Jerry. Um, trust me, it was Jerry. I, 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 I mean, I trust you. Um, so he, like, pulls it towards himself, and 
right as he goes to grab it with his hand, you see it starts to like very slowly move away from him. And then very quickly, it, it like drags across the floor back towards Davy. And he's like, isn't that a really cool trick I did? My brother, he pretends that he doesn't know I have this power, but I have this power and it feels really good. And I, I don't know why I have to hide it because it feels so good. And it's like so creepy. And you're like, oh, fuck this guy. Well, he, he kills because he's like, <sighs> you know, like, I shouldn't have to hide it. Like, I can control it. Right. So, like, his argument is, like, you know, like, I'm in control of it. Like, it's like it's out of hand. But then immediately he's like, but sometimes it scares me because I don't know what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> Davy, that would make me think that you can't control it. Right. And you're making me think maybe you're not that handsome. I don't know. I mean, just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Yeah. So, um, he has now finished painting his little mannequin face. So, he's like don't you think it's pretty and he shows he turns to show um becky his face and we see it and i'm gonna say not cute not a cute face um not your best work Dave. he's drawn like a pretty woman but he's also put like brown paint all over her face and i i just don't really understand the the point of it but it's not cute and i don't love it um so we cut back over to molly who is now outside and she is looking for becky um she hears a girl's voice call out her name so i'm assuming she would probably think it was becky um, and then out of nowhere, Davy pops out and he's wearing his mask and the blonde wig again. And he's holding this like mannequin head and it says, be my friend. And he opens the doll's mouth and the doll does this like awful scream. And you well, realize it's that it's Woody. Woody. Yeah. You realize it's Woody. Cause he's wearing like the stupid little bucket hat that I hated. Um, I love the bucket hat. <laughs> okay um so he's now holding woody's mannequin head that is now yelling at her and i can't imagine in this moment like if you're molly you have not seen any of the stuff that's been going on you've just been kind of like isolated in mr slauson's house just like right. drinking beer and looking at the pretty mannequin woman and now all of a sudden there's this like terrifying guy with this like really uncanny mask on his face and he's holding your friend's decapitated head that is like yelling your name and yelling be my friend but it's also your friend's decapitated head that is a mannequin right like what exactly if you're lost so was i (laughs) yeah uh it took i had to rewatch these scenes a few times um so she fucking takes off the first smart thing she's done in this movie she fucking books it and he starts chasing her and the whole time that he's running woody's head is still screaming probably in like pain honestly um so she's running and she makes it to the fence but she climbs over and he follows her and then he just throws the head right at her and it like moves on its own and it starts yelling molly molly um so very scary i don't don't know what i would do if greg's head was just on the ground she just keeps running and she ends up back at the water where they were swimming earlier and she's you know hiding in the water and just like sitting i guess catching her breath probably and she feels something and she picks up and it's a fucking water moccasin and she like throws the snake and screams and runs into the woods um so as she approaches the highway no you know i lied she's on the highway she's still in the woods and this truck approaches and so she's like it's like a back road essentially yeah so she's like help me help me and of course it's mr slauson which, like, once again, this is what kills me. Like, why would this not bring up a red flag for her? Because Slauson fucking said that Jerry took his car. Correct. It's I mean, like... I, I guess she's, like, so frightened in the moment that, like... If normally I would forgive that, but on one, she hasn't picked up any other goddamn thing, even when she wasn't frightened. And on top of the fact, I feel like in movies, usually, like, they they give them that moment 
of being like, oh my god, I was so frightened. And then they get in the car and they have that moment of like, wait, I thought you said Jerry right. took your car. Like, never happens. Right. I mean, I also feel like it's such a, like, a consistent trope in horror that, like, when you do finally get, like, the rescue moment, like, you don't actually want to get in that truck. Like, you, like yeah. it's usually not the right move. So she gets in the car, of course, and she's, like, freaking out. She's like, please, there's a thing out there. It's trying to kill me. And he's like, what? Well, calm down. What are you talking about? Is it an animal? Like, don't worry. Like, you're safe with me. And she's like, oh, no. Like, it was this horrible man. And so Mr. Slauson just, like, stops the car. And he was like, what do you mean? And she's like, he was wearing this, like, awful mask. And he's like, oh. As if this like, this just, like, clicked in his mind. He's like, oh, that was my brother. I'm sorry. Right. Where it's like, once again, as an audience, we should be saying, like, he knows it's his brother. He right. figured that out when he found what's it, Eileen's body. Right. So he's like, well, you know, he's never, like, hurt anybody. Like, he, like, don't worry about him. And she's like, no, like, he killed Woody. Like, I saw Woody's head. Like, my friends are probably dead. Um, he's like, oh, it's not Davy's fault. Like, he's just misunderstood. Like, like, don't worry. And he, she's like, no, we need to, like, go to the cops right now. And he's like, no, no, no. We're going to find him. I'm going to find him. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to lure him out i'm gonna play the radio and i'm gonna get his attention so that we can take him to the police ourselves and so she's some reason she goes along with this fucking plan so they drive back and they get to his mainly because she just doesn't want to be on her own at this I point guess. so they get back to his house and he's like all right i need you to stay here i'm gonna go inside i'm gonna get the radio i'm gonna turn it on and she's like no no, no please please let me come with you i'm like so scared and he says no stay here he gives her the shotgun and he's like if you see anybody just threaten them with this and, you know, they'll run off. Like, don't worry. And, of course, because she's, like, the innocent. She's like, I don't know how to use this gun. And he's like, point and pull the trigger, bitch. Uh, <laughs> so she's like, okay. So he goes inside. And, you know, she's waiting. And she's waiting. And she's not hearing anything. So she's starting to get really nervous. And then right when she's, like, she's calling out for him. She's like, Mr. A- like Mr. Slauson, Mr. Slauson. Like, we hear the radio turn on. And she, like, takes a breath. And she's like, okay good and then in that moment we see davy emerge from behind the truck and he's wearing his like original outfit again the fucking like creepy mask and the blonde wig and she screams out for mr slauson and she shoots davy and you're like oh my god she shot him this is great but he gets right back up so she shoots him again and he gets right back up and he's like oh you shot me with blanks and he starts singing bang bang you're dead which i loved (laughs) Um, just like taunting her. So instead of shooting him again, she does the first smart thing, which is she takes the gun and she just smashes him in the head with it. Good. Because why not? And it breaks the mask that he's wearing. And so he grabs it and all the pieces start to fall off and he lifts his head to reveal that Davy is Mr. Slauson. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Like, so this is like, in theory, like the big reveal moment, right. which... It works and it doesn't for me. I don't know about I will, you. I will say that I was reading a lot of reviews of people being like, the twist is incredibly obvious. But I was so... I guess also because I've seen House of Wax and I know that like... Or in like Texas Chainsaw where like there is usually like the one deranged person and then like the brother or the family member who like yeah. protects them. So like I fully did think like Davey is the crazy brother and his and Mr. Slauson is just kind of protecting him. So when they were the same person, I was like, oh shit. Okay. See, It yeah, doesn't that- really make sense, but... Well, that's why I was saying, like, it works and it doesn't. It, it works in the sense of, like, yeah, I was thinking the same thing, where it's, like, which it's also, that's always what's hard about, like, 
so you have to like give it some leeway where it's like when you go back and watch a movie from the 80s the 70s the 90s whatever like you know everything's been done for the most part Mm -hmm. it's just like what ways can we reinvent it and like you know change it a little bit so a lot of tropes a lot of twists you've you've seen before even though this wasn't the first time they were done like you've seen it in a 2000s movie but originally it was done you know like way back when right um like we were talking about the other day like the first time i ever saw the the calls coming from inside the house was the remake of (laughs) when a stranger calls not the original Right. Even though, and obviously, the original is when it was first done. Actually, no. The first time that was ever done was in Black Christmas. Oh, shit. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're it's right. Always, it's often misunderstood and uh, misquoted as being When a Stranger Calls. But I will say, I just did a double feature of the original When a Stranger Calls and the remake. And, oh, my fucking God, the remake is so bad. We were just talking about it. I can't we even, were. like, fathom that when I was 14, I was like, oh, my God, that movie was so good. Because it's just, like... None of it makes sense. Camilla Bella is like the worst fucking character. Oh, it's so bad. I, I can't wait for you to rewatch it. Oh my god. I cannot wait to rewatch. <sighs> it's um, a time. But yeah. So it, it works in the sense of like, yeah, like where I was like, oh, well, it's two people. Where mm-hmm. I like, because I, I was listening the whole time. It's like, it's obvious because of just his behavior and then like shit that he's saying that is not adding up and shit that we're seeing he sees, but then he reports different shit that it's like mm-hmm. clearly Slauson is in on this somehow. He's protecting something. Or he's helping in this. So it's it's not obvious in the sense where I'm like, I'm not fucking shocked that Slauson's a bad guy and now Molly knows, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they've been kind of, like, making that very clear. But to a degree at the same time, it's like, I mean, the second t- this was the second time that I've watched this movie, so, like, I knew everything going in. But I, the first time, like, did I know that it was Slauson? I don't think so. So it works in the sense of, like, oh, well, like, I knew he was bad. I didn't know it was only one person. I thought it was two people. Right. Honestly, on my rewatch, I forgot that that was the twist, and it still got me again the second time. And I was like, oh, my well, God. you were texting me yeah. before. Um, so, not that you guys need the inside scoop, but when we watch these, um, we obviously, like, don't talk to each other about them until we record because we want the conversations to be fresh, baby. Mm-hmm. But you had texted me just saying, like, oh, my God, I forgot what the twist was. So when I rewatched <laughs> later, I was like, is this what she was talking about? Like, why are you talking about it being so crazy? But Sorry. there's something later that I'm pretty sure is what you were talking about. No, that's what I was talking about. You were talking about this? <laughs> Yeah, I forgot that it was him. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, there's something later that I was like, oh, fuck. Like, it got me. And I thought, I was like, this is what she was talking about. Clearly, I was wrong. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, I can't wait till we get to it then. And we're going to get to it. Um, okay. Oh, oh, I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I, that got me, like, too. <laughs> I truly, like, shrieked. I was like, what? It's so effective. Okay, I can't wait. It's fucking insane. Um, Keep listening, everyone. I know this is long, but bear with us. It's I think it month. might be under last. I at first I was like, oh, we're gonna be under that two hour and that like two and a half <laughs> hours, and like now we're like we're definitely not gonna be. But it's fine. It's once a month. You can listen. Stop. You have an entire month. Yeah, it's fine. We're doing this for you. Anyways, so we get the sloss and reveal, right? Yeah. So she she's like, oh fuck no, I gotta get out of here. She starts running off. Now she's calling for Jerry. Because she knows that Woody's dead, and apparently because she really wants to stick to this <sighs> typical damsel in distress go- bullshit, she needs a man. So she's calling out for Jerry. Mm-hmm. So as she's doing that, she, like, at one point she, like, 
she's like, she turns around. She's like looking for, you know, Slauson to approach. And she starts like slowly back into the water for Which no you, apparent reason. Yeah. And you Even just though, were like, in there with the snake. Like, what do you Yes. Doing? Like, it's like, girl, forget about him for five seconds. Like, we, are these snakes in the water? Like, clearly he was saying earlier that they are dangerous. Like, watch her, like, after all this shit, she dies because she gets a fucking snake bite or some shit. Mm-hmm. So as she goes back into the water, then we get this wonderfully creepy moment of up from the water emerges Slauson right like how the fuck he got to the water before her and was holding his breath and submerging himself this long remains to be seen but he like slowly brings himself up and he's wearing this like creepy smile as he's like looking at her so then of course she she like she's like <gasps> turns and sees him so he like grabs her but it's this really weird moment where like he doesn't grab her forcefully or anything he kind of grabs her and she like kind of just goes stiff and then very slowly, he just, like, lowers her, like, pushes her body under the water. And she mm-hmm. just, like, lets it happen. It's kind There's of like, the same as, like, the canoe death in Sleepaway Camp. Yes and no, because, like, the canoe death in Sleepaway Camp, like, while it probably doesn't make a lot of sense that someone of that size, as we learned, could have held someone under the water. Mm-hmm. Like, what's his name from Sleepaway Camp? Like... It didn't seem like he was like, oh, and yes, I'm going under the water now. He was just, like, pushed under the water. Where, like, Molly, like, is slowly being lowered underneath the water, and she's not fighting it. Like, mm-hmm. nothing. Where, like, you know, you could easily be like, oh, she's in a state of shock or whatever. But it's like, this could be the, like, we don't know. Like, is he going to drown her? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so, like, literally just, like, do, do, do. She's under the water and shrug into the next scene. Um, so now we're back in the workshop with Becky and Jared. Not Jared. Well, his name is Jared, but they call him Jerry. Um, so Becky's like, oh, like, oh, Jerry, like, I, I think there's, like, a blade over here just conveniently on the floor. <laughs> like, it was just there, like yeah. a fucking scalpel or some shit. So he's like, oh, great, like, slide it to me. So she slides it with her foot. He mm-hmm. grabs it. Then starts, like, sawing away at his chains. Mm-hmm. So that's the entirety of that scene. Like, really nothing happens other than, like, oh, Jerry might get loose again. Right. Um, so then... Which also, like, I mean, I guess she wouldn't really be able to pick it up because her hands were tied. But, like, it would be so much easier to cut through the rope that she's tied with than it would the fucking metal chains that he has. Like, take your shoe off, pick it up with your foot, and, like, put it in your mouth. Yeah. Like, like, girl, I, like the, I don't even believe that whatever they're using could have sawed through this. Oh, absolutely not. Have you seen Saw? No, no, no. It wouldn't happen. So then we're with Slauson, right? Um, and he's in kind of like a very dark room. It's not really well lit. Well, can and I also just say is, that this is my favorite scene? I, I don't blame you. It's a great scene. So he's in, a, he's in guessed it, uh, a fucking room filled with mannequins that's like dimly lit. There is Eileen's mannequin. And there's like a little table. So she's sitting on one side of this chair. He's sitting at the other. And he's like, you know, he's brought them uh, like soup and crackers. He's like, you know, soup time. So he gives her a bowl or whatever. But she, like, clearly, like, doesn't want to eat her little mannequin person now. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, oh, okay. So he puts on his mannequin mask and becomes Davy. And immediately, like, Eileen's mannequin is like, oh, okay, I'll eat now. So then they proceed to have a conversation with each other. So essentially this entire scene, literally the whole thing, is them eating soup and crackers Slauson in a, his Davy mask and Eileen now is a full mannequin um, talking to each other. So remind you, when Slauson is Davy, he does this weird blah, 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 voice. And then 
somehow Eileen is talking in a voice that, from what I remember, sounds like a man trying to do a woman's voice. And I also say that the entire time that the scene is happening, there is that, like, that score that's come back in with, like, the rattling sounds. Oh, it's like that goofy, like, yeah. Um... So then, like, they just proceed to have this scene where they fuck the soup. They're they're focusing on the crackers. Um, so, like, the fucking voice of Eileen is like, yes, I would like more crackers, please. And he's like, yes, crackers are very good. And he's, like, you know, like, force-feeding her crackers. And they're like, yes, the crackers are quite good. Like, literally just having this, like, very strange, mundane conversation about, like, oh, so, uh, the equivalent of, like, you know, like, oh, nice weather we're having, but they're like, these crackers are delightful. Yes, like, they are delightful. Let's have some more crackers. Yes, more yeah, crackers, and, like, please. Everything Eileen's saying is just, like, kind of repetitive of what Davy's saying. So, like, he's yeah. like, why don't you eat your soup? And she's like, I think I will eat my soup now. And he's like, that's what I said. I'll eat your crackers. And she's like, these crackers are good. And he's like, aren't these crackers good? It's just so back and forth and, like, fucking bizarre and there's just, like, really no, like, point to it other than the fact that, like, he's having a good meal with his dolls, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as as we all know, when you finish with your meal of crackers and soup, uh, your head falls off, uh, mm-hmm. which is what happens to Eileen. Her head just, like, falls into the table, and it's like, wah, wah. Um, and then they just cut. So now we're with <laughs> Molly. I just want um, to say, that's the whole scene. That, literally, that, yes. That scene is just him sitting down with his dolls putting his mask on so that the doll feels comfortable and then them eating soup and crackers and discussing how delicious it is until her head falls off and he's like oh i gotta fix that it's the equivalent of the baseball scene at sleepaway camp it is no purpose but it's incredible if you watch this movie for any scene watch it for that 30 second scene because it's so fucking funny um so molly wakes up in a bed and once again you guessed it in a room of mannequins she's strapped to the bed um so here comes sloth is he wearing the davy mask at this point uh yes yeah so slawson comes in as davy he's wheeling eileen's mannequin body um so he's like oh like i brought like your no i don't think he is whatever they're the same person at this point you guys fucking got it slawson comes in he's wheeling eileen's body in he's like oh like i brought your friend to see you and like you know I don't even think Molly has not even seen Eileen at this point. So now she's fully seeing one of her friends fully transform mm-hmm. into a mannequin. So of course she's like, "Oh my god!" Like blah blah, and she's like, "You know, you're insane." So then, like classic, he's like, "You know, like you shouldn't say things like that." I was just trying to be nice. Mm-hmm. So then he gets like really close to her because don't forget he does love. Well, we shouldn't say love yet, but he clearly does like Molly. Mm-hmm. So he's like, you know, if you're good to me, like, I'll be good to you. Like, I'll even make you, like, a mannequin if you want. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, what I would like, if we're, if you're asking, is uh, to be let go, ideally. And he's like, no, can't do that. He just, no. like, caresses her face and he keeps calling her, like, you're such a pretty girl. You're such a pretty girl. Oh, he keeps calling her little girl, too. Like, when he was yeah. chasing her around, he's like, little girl, little girl. <laughs> yeah, which is also, like very creepy because he seems to be like almost like fantasizing about her becoming maybe like his wife or like this like companion but also calling her like little girl it's it's a very like iffy we're not trying to kink shame but we are at the same time 
if this is your kink murdering women and making them into dolls i am gonna shame you for that yes yeah preach um anyways so back to the basement jared is now somehow with this fucking you know like plastic school knife gotten out of these goddamn chains so he runs over he unties becky so then they're like all right time to sneak out right so they come up the stairs they're in a, a long hallway so like essentially at the end of the hallway is their exit but the whole hallway is like lined with mannequins how you would even walk in this hallway is beyond me but because it's it's a very like slim hallway mm-hmm. so they're like okay we gotta we gotta get out of here they're going really slow through the mannequins well then one of the doorways in the hallway inside is the grandparent mannequins from earlier and there's more mannequins in the room and there's davy on the floor davy slash slawson now in his davy mask playing with like two baby dolls and he's like making them talk to each other so like if you didn't already think he was deranged now it's like a full moment of like homeboy is unhinged mm-hmm. like you know, he's just having a fucking tea party with his dollies you know what you're right he's just vibing as well mm-hmm. who am i to judge um so he's like you know making him talk so they like hear this and they're like fuck like we got like he's gonna see us or like whatever so they hide so then like davy's like talking to the fucking grandparent mannequins did you hear something blah blah blah. so he gets up to go investigate so they like just like freeze in the hallway with mannequins and they just like slip in with them and they just like don't move which is once again just like a funny moment because it goes back to like this film is like trying to make you believe that like all the mannequins in this film look so lifelike that if you were to just stand next to them you wouldn't be spotted whereas you're watching it it's like so blatantly obvious right where they're standing like it's like you're like how the fuck is he not seeing them they're right there but like you have to you have to process this on the logic that like in this universe these mannequins do supposedly look exactly like human beings so if you don't move you look exactly like a mannequin um so like whatever they're hiding like he doesn't see them at first so um once he goes back into his his playroom to play with his dolls jared like makes like kind of like a sprint for like the front door and the front windows and they're all locked of course so as he's doing this like supposedly we're supposed to believe like becky hung back for a minute to make sure he could get it open well then slossom must have gotten up again to check because he like swings open some doors and there he has found jerry so jerry in a state of panic is like fuck it and just jumps full body through one of these windows and like tumbles out under the front porch and just starts hauling ass i'd like so, to just make note that i found a good fun fact about that that he uh, did that stunt himself he was very excited good to do it for jerry good for john van ness yes we live for a stunt queen um so he takes off running so you know Slauson like get, comes out of the window as well and he's like watching him run off and he's like you know like he says something like you know like you won't survive or like you won't make it very far some shit so as he's busy like laser focusing on jerry becky sneaks out the window too and runs off the porch in the other direction so then slosson catches her and goes after her so as she's running of course you fucking know she trips she's got a trip gets up then runs a little bit further and then just like slumps to the ground and it's kind of like a mess she's like crying or whatever where it's like here's the thing here's the thing i get it running can be motherfucking hard i'm sure especially if you're running from a killer 
But that's also the exact time that you need to run until literally your feet are bleeding or some shit and keep running mm. after that. Like, I have to believe that you have to be fueled somewhat by adrenaline in these oh, moments. Yeah. So, like, even when fucking goddamn Molly did it earlier and she, like, sat down in the water, I was like, girl, you were I, you were running for, like, two minutes. Get up. I literally think about that anytime I watch a horror movie where they're running in the woods or when I'm, like, running around my neighborhood where, like, I'm exhausted. But I'm like, if I were being chased by a killer right now and I knew that the pain I would feel from being, like, stabbed – would be so much worse than the pain I feel in my lungs. I would keep fucking going. Yeah, like, I mean, just, I feel like you don't stop. It's just basic survival instincts where it's like, yeah. Sometimes when I'm running, it sounds deranged, but I'll be like, if I'm like, you know, I've been running for like 20 minutes or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I need to do, I want to run for a half hour. I got to keep going. I don't want to give up. I like sort of think I'm like, well, just imagine someone's chasing you. Like, imagine mm-hmm. your life is on the line. And a lot of times it doesn't end up working because, like, in the back of my head, I'm like, I know that it's not. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, no, that's not gonna work. But I feel like most people just believe. And like I said, like adrenaline like in those moments when like it is legitimate like your life is on the line like if you don't fucking put in the work like you will die you're gonna keep running or at the very least if you have to stop running your brain is like working to fucking you know keep you alive that like you're not just stopping running to just like sit there and and catch your breath you're stopping and you're doing something else grabbing a weapon like whatever like no they just like fall to the ground they're like what's happening and it's like well what's happening now is you're gonna fucking die I just forgot and I should mention it is important to note that from this beginning of this Jared Becky scene breaking out of the house whatever they don't they Slauson has been dressed up as Davy they don't know Slauson is Davy they don't know Slauson has any hand in it which slightly doesn't make sense because you would believe that like well fucking Slauson was with Jerry supposedly when we were supposed to believe he got captured and tied up but I guess what we're supposed to conclude is like I don't know like Slauson walked away for a minute got in the Davy costume and then attacked him which like is a reach but well in Davy's like little monologue to them he says like pretty clearly like my brother doesn't know that I do this so. Well, also, like, fucking Jerry said, not, yeah, Jerry says to the fucking Becky when she first down in the basement, like, it's it's Slauson's crazy brother. So, anyways, so they don't know it's Slauson at this point, which is important. Because as Becky stops, she's, like, you know, crying on the ground. She's, like, blah, blah. Well, who comes around the corner from the other direction? It's Slauson. He's, like, oh, my God, girl. Like, what's happened to you? Blah, blah, blah. Like, we got to get you help. So he picks her up like a rag doll and, like, carries her back to the museum. And it's so fun. This line killed me because, like, he, like, puts her on, like, this little cot or whatever in the museum. And he's like, okay, wait right here. I'm going to go get my doctoring kit. <laughs> I wrote that down, too. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's called this certain places. I believe the correct term is, like, a first aid kit. But I just, like, love the idea. He's like, I got to do me some doctoring now. Let me get my doctoring kit. Yep. Um. So as he does this, right, he, like, kind of walks off where she can't see him. She's, like, lying there, obviously freaked out of her fucking mind. She starts looking around at these mannequins, which most of them, in, now that we're back in the museum, are the mannequins that are dressed up as, like, soldiers. Mm-hmm. And she's just, like, kind of, like, her eyes are, like, darting around between them. And then she hears the creepy whisper of her name again. Like, Becky. Oh, Anya, hold on. There's an ambulance. Okay. <sighs> Someone better be dying. It's fine. It's, it's fading. Greg will be able to cut this out yeah i can hear it i like almost didn't register it and then i was like oh wait during the ambulance okay you're good go ahead sorry okay i was gonna go back for a second um 
So Becky starts looking around at these mannequins that are in the museum, which are the ones that are dressed up as, like, the soldiers. So her eyes are, like, darting between them. And then she hears, like, the creepy whisper of her name again. Like, Becky. Um, And at this moment, then the mannequins start moving. And as I said previously, way back at the beginning, these are the mannequins where it's clear that it's, like, clearly people dressed up in costume with, like, mannequin faces on. But we're supposed to believe it's, like, no, the mannequins came to life. So it's, like, you know, the bad impersonations of, like, people doing, like, robot movements with these guns. Um, and as she sees their start moving, because she's, like, kind of up off the bed now, they're Slauson, like, just, like, sitting in a chair, like, laughing at her. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess this is her recognition of, like, oh, my God, like, I can't trust him. He's not necessarily doing anything. He's just, like, sitting in a chair, like, watching the mannequins move. But, like, I guess this is, like, the moment for her to register, like, he's evil. So well, I also, the man- I, I'm pretty sure that she also sees Woody's mannequin. Does she? Yeah, I wrote down um, that she hears her name and thinks it's Woody. She gets up and goes over to the Confederate dolls and sees a Woody doll. Mr. Slauson is sitting in a chair laughing. Okay, so at this point, that, she, that she sees Woody dead as a doll, and then yes. sees Mr. Slauson, like, laughing maniacally. So she puts two and two together that, oh my god, he's killed my friend. Okay. So then the mannequins, because a lot of them are soldiers and they have guns, they start shooting at her. Which I guess we're supposed to believe they're not blanks this time. Mm-hmm. They're real bullets. But she's, like, managing to dodge them. They're all missing her. She's like, ah, and she's, like, trying to get to the door. So then, right as she's getting close to the door, then we see a mannequin that is a Native American who does not have a gun, but has, like, tiny little, like, axes, like, very easy to throw. So they throw an axe at her, and it lands kind of, like, at the beginning shot with Woody, like, right next to her. And then she's like, ah, like, trying to get out still. The mannequin throws another axe, and it lands right in the back of her, I think it's in her skull, right? Or Mm -hmm. is it her neck? No, it's her head, yeah. It's her head. Right in the back of her skull, which is what we were talking about earlier, where it's, like, for this being PG, this is, like, the only really bloody moment you get. And it's not even hugely bloody. Like, it, you can see blood. Like, it comes out of the back of her head. But it's nothing, mm-hmm. like, gushing or, like, anything like that. Um, so it lands in the back of her skull, and she, like, you know, we get the slow, like, oh, her falling to the floor, mm-hmm. revealing that she's bleeding, you know, slumped to the floor. She's dead. So then one of the mannequins, that they've killed her, one of the soldier mannequins, they get a close-up of him, and he just, like, tips his hat. Mm-hmm. They all go back into place, <laughs> and it shuts off. They're like, thank you for your time. My work here and, is done. Yes. We're here all week. Uh, mm-hmm. See you later. So now we're back with Molly at the house. So Molly at this point, so we've – so we've killed let's just do a kill count really quick woody is dead he's a mannequin eileen is dead she's She's a mannequin mannequin. tina the girl we met got plaster on her face she's dead we've just killed becky so the only people left are slauson slash davy who are the same person Mm -hmm. molly and jerry wherever the fuck he ran off to so just keep that in mind so molly is in the house still laying on this bed well here's a woman not a mannequin a living woman who's kind of, like, leaning over her and, like, in a very caring manner, like, has, like, like a washcloth and she's, like, patting her head and she gives her a sip of water and, like, Molly's, like, oh, like, you have to help me. Like, I want to go home, blah, blah, blah. She's, like, not even really fully conscious. And then, like, the man, not the man, oh, I gave it away. This woman <laughs> says nothing and just, like, leans back into the darkness. Oh, and she's a mannequin again. 
So, and I have a fun fact about that as well. Um, the woman that played the woman before she became the mannequin was the then wife of the director, and she apparently originally had two lines that he cut, and she never forgave him for it. I mean, I wouldn't. Fucking queen. I'm trying to have my moment. Like, don't cut my lines. Imagine being like, this is my big fucking break. I'm going to have these amazing lines, and then your husband cuts them out, and I was like, no. Like, Mm-mm. fuck you. I don't care about your art. I care about my success. I said what I said. Um, but anyways, so yeah. So at this point, this is kind of the first time that we like fully see, which then they kind of continue to do for the rest of the movie, where it's like these supernatural whatever mannequins, whatever the fuck they are, like go in and out of being like, oh my God, it's a human. Psych, it's actually a mannequin. What? It's a human. No, but it's a mannequin that just looks like a human. Right. So... These are the only times that these supposed mannequins look as lifelike as they want us to believe they are when they're actually being played by legitimate live people. Um, so this moment is just, like, really random because, like, at first when I first saw it, I was like, holy shit, like, is it his wife or something? Mm-hmm. Like, no. It's just just one of the gals. Just one of the girls that was like, gotta help my sister out here. Mm-hmm. She needs a sip of water. Um, so here comes... After this moment, here comes fucking Davy, right? And mm-hmm. he car- he picks her up and he carries her into another room, which is kind of like it gives me like attic vibes, sort yeah. of. Um, which is you guessed it, packed full of mannequins. Like probably this is the most mannequins we've seen in a room at this point. They're all like lining the walls. There's kind of just like kind of a huge big surrounding circle. Well, there's like a fucking blow up raft on the floor. Like it's not even a fucking air mattress. It's a raft. And he just, like, brings her in and, like, sets her down on it. And she's, like, kind of not really conscious. I don't know if she's, like, pretending to be sort of asleep or whatever. But he sets her there. And now, like, he's, like, back to being Slauson. And he just, like, sits down in this chair that's, like, right next to the raft. And he's just kind of just, like, staring at her lying on the raft. Like, literally nothing is happening. And then he just very slowly, like, closes his eyes. Like, oh, now we're just going to have nap. It's, like, so random because he's, like... She was already in a bed, but he's like, no, no, no. You don't get to sleep in the bed. You're going to come sleep on this fucking raft on the floor. And I'm not going to sleep in a bed either. I'm just going to sleep sitting up in a chair. So as he does this, like, he, like, closes his eyes. And then the girls start singing again. So now mm-hmm. you know shit's going to start happening. So the girls, like, very, like, nothing is happening. They're like, ah. And I feel Molly like this is, is the like, VIP lounge of the house with, like, the, the best of the best dolls. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, you come here for the party and the party mm. was provided, let me tell you. So Molly is like, not actually asleep. So she like, she's like, oh, well, Slauson's not paying attention. So she starts to like, I don't know if something's wrong with her fucking legs or whatever, but she starts to like drag her body slowly across the floor trying to get out, trying to get to the door. Well, almost immediately, like Slauson was like, psych, bitch, I wasn't sleeping either. So he, like, opens his eyes, and he's just, like, kind of smirking, watching her, like, knowing that she's not going to get away. Mm-hmm. Um, so then he's kind of like, get her, girls. So then, like, all the mannequin girls start, like, dropping. Okay, this is something that I feel like we haven't talked about because it hasn't happened a lot before this. But this is something in the movie that the mannequins do that I fucking hate, which is that they do the shit where – they like lean forward right like one at a time mm-hmm. like one of them will like lean forward and come into the light and then their jaw very oh. like yeah. ventriloqu- ventriloquist dummy slash like a, a snake unhinging its jaw mm-hmm. it just like drops open and then they're mm-hmm. like ah! 
like and they each like sing like a very clear different <laughs> note so they just like start doing this one by one like as she's trying to crawl away they just like one by one start leaning forward and like just like singing notes at her as they like unhinge their jaws so like she's like no stop it blah, 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 blah. so like i don't know if we're supposed to believe that like their singing has some greater effect on her other than just being fucking creepy as shit so whatever surprise so, it's the glee club literally, this is what it felt like ugh, glee is my nightmare <laughs> that, like when y'all want to know if i why i don't watch glee it's because that's what it looks like to me yeah is those mannequins um, so then, like, Slauson's like, all right, that's enough. So he gets up, and he's like, it's time. And he drags her out of the room and takes her in what he says used to be Davy's room. So then we get some more backstory. Because we thought we were getting backstory earlier mm-hmm. with Davy being like, I hate my brother. And we thought he was talking about Slauson. Well, but- they're the same fucking person. So now we're getting more backstory. He takes her in his brother's room, right? And he, like, puts her on, like, another fucking, like, mattress on the floor or some shit. I don't even fucking know. And he's saying, like, oh, like, yep, like, Davy, the real Davy, he's, like, dead now. But, like, you know, I was always good to him. Um, and then he starts talking about his wife again, saying, like, you know, his wife, like, you remind me so much of her. And she was so, and, like, you're so special. And, like, I love my wife. Then he picks up a mask that is supposedly supposed to look like his wife's face, mm. puts it over Molly's face, and starts kissing her through the mask. And then he's, like, you know, like, tell me you love me tell me you love me so of course like because like she's a woman in danger she just like she's like yeah i i love you Uh uh-huh yep um and then after she says that we're supposedly because she said it while wearing the mask of his wife he like gets really weird so you're like what the fuck is going on like he wanted her to say i love you and she said it so why is he acting weird well he like stands up he's like clearly like in a trance almost and he looks like he's gonna be sick and he starts to confess and he says that he actually killed his wife along with his brother because quote he found them whoring behind my back mm-hmm. in his um, own house in his own house very uh chicago they had it come in style Ooh, yeah um so like then he starts to go on about how like you know they had to die and like it was my legal right to that <laughs> like yeah. not because like you know like stand your ground or whatever the fuck that shit is because he's like you know it's you don't you know like it's the law if you catch your wife cheating on you <laughs> you have a right to kill them both and I'm like hmm, I don't think that's correct um someone can check me on it if it is but as far as I know that's not law anywhere so but then he's like but don't worry like you know like i kept them i kept her alive like through the mannequin which then like we have to believe it's like okay like are you saying you kept her alive like you did earlier like you kept the memory Mm -hmm. of her alive by creating a mannequin that looks like her or did you keep her alive in the way that like you have all these living mannequins where she's like half alive as that mannequin um well i don't think any of the mannequins are actually alive that's true. I mean, they're not really them. He, but he like uses their bodies. Again, there's no explanation because like you kind of have to just draw whatever explanation you right. need to. Because some people have like been like, oh, well, it's all telekinesis, and others are like, but are the mannequins haunted by the spirits of the people who died? And it's really not explained. Um, yeah, it literally could be like yes, not. you're saying a million things. It could right. be like, is he like making them all move and talk with his mind powers? Is there some semblance of the person left in there? Mm-hmm. Like. 
if not like why can't he just is that i guess to a degree like that's why they supposedly look all lifelike is because he's used real bodies to make Mm -hmm. them like it's a fucking mess and a half um so then after that he says like you know like so i can't let you go like you have to join the others like because i guess like he's in love with her and he wants to keep her forever but here we go strap the fuck in because if you were already like wow this is a crazy ending we haven't even gotten to it yet someone is banging on the door trying to get in who is it it's motherfucking jerry he did not leave her so he's knocking at the door so they kind of both freeze and they're like you know what's gonna happen so Jerry has, like, an axe. He axes through the door, just enough to stick his arm through, unlock it, and he comes in. So, as I said, there's a standoff. There's sl- It's like a Slauson, then there's Molly, then there's Jerry. Jerry's mm-hmm. like, you know, okay, like, Molly, come here. And Slauson's just kind of, like, watching her to, like, see what she does. Like, what, is she going to go with him? Mm-hmm. Which, like, why the fuck wouldn't she? So slowly, 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 she starts to move over to Jerry. Um, and Jerry's like, you know, when she gets over to him, he's like, okay, like, where are the other girls? And Slauson's like, LOL, what? Who? <laughs> and he's like, where are they? And Molly's, and he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and Molly's just like, oh my god, just fucking kill him. Like, finally the bitch finally came around. Like, yeah. all earlier being such an apologist for this old fucking white creep. And finally she's like, Jerry, why are you even trying to talk to him? Fucking kill him. Fucking murder this man with the axe that's in your hand. Well... I fucking cannot. This is the thing that I thought you were talking about. I know, I know. That made me shriek. So she's so it's like, Jerry's just kind of being like, you know, where, what's going on? Where are they? And she's like, Jerry, what the fuck are you doing? Like, did, he's killed them. What are you talking about? You have an axe in your hand. Fucking axe him so we can get out of here. Well, Jerry's kind of like standing frozen. And she's like, what's going on? And like, Slauson's like, oh, like, he can't kill me. He starts laughing too. And like, he's like laughing and she's like, what? So then part of you might be thinking, like, oh, he's using mind control, right? He's, like, Mm -hmm. mind-controlling Jerry. He fucking walks over to Jerry. I'm going to scream. Which, if, as I brought up earlier, Barbie girl, if you haven't, if you know what I'm talking about, you might already know already. If you haven't, go back. First of all, the Barbie girl video is a goddamn treat. And just watch it because there is, this is literally a moment out of the Barbie girl video. He goes over to Jerry and takes off Jerry's fucking arm. (laughs) Now, I'm not talking about, you know, ripping it off his body, blood and guts, or chopping it off. No. Just, like, pops off his arm. Kind of like how, like, Spongebob takes his arms off. Literally. Like, literally when you take off your Barbie doll's arm. Just, like, pop it out of the, like, pop it out. And it's now detached from his body, and it's a mannequin arm. So, literally, I was, like, I had forgotten this happened in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. I was like, wh- I, I, when, when Jerry came in, I was like, they definitely can't both survive. Like, what happens? I don't remember. And this bitch just took off Jerry's arm. And he's, like, <laughs> laughing. So you're like, what the fuck? So once again, the logic of how these mannequins work makes no fucking sense. Because Jerry, this entire time, like, you have no idea when this would have happened to Jerry. I'm assuming it happened after he ran into the woods. I guess. But also, like... That's the thing. It's like you don't get a huge time because, like, mm-hmm. immediately when Jerry went up to the woods, we know that Slauson went after Becky first mm-hmm. and then, like, killed her. And I guess, like, we don't know what happened or how long a time gap was between the Becky death mm-hmm. and then Slauson coming into Molly's room to be like, time to go to the attic. Right. B- but whatever. So then he, after he takes off, you know, 
Jerry's arm and like Molly's just like, yo, what the fuck? He then takes off Jerry's head, <laughs> which is now just a mannequin head. So he just kind of like pulls Jerry apart and like Jerry like just falls to the floor. Um, so then in case you missed them, don't worry. Here come the singing gals, baby. And they're yes. singing it out proud this time. So it's all the mannequins. They're all singing. And all the mannequins start moving, too. Like, full mannequins, mannequin arms. Full, everything that's in the room that's mannequin-related is moving. So then, like, you know, Slauson is, like, you know, like, she she's freaked out of her fucking mind. Like, if she wasn't already, she had every right to be. Then this fucking Jerry shit, when he took off his <laughs> goddamn fucking arm, like, it was nothing. She's, like, truly lost at this point. So she's just like, what the fuck? And he's like, they're alive, Molly. And he starts dancing with a mannequin. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of, like, do-do-do-do, like, swinging her around in circles. And then, like, it keeps cutting in and out where it's, like, she looks at him and he's, like, you know, like, spinning this mannequin in circles. And we go back to her face. And it goes back to Slauson. And it's like, oh, no. Like, now he's swinging a real woman and dancing mm-hmm. with her. And then, like, we cut to see other mannequins where it's doing the same thing where it's, like, they kind of, like, start emerging from the dark where it's like real people but then you cut back and oh no it's mannequins so you're kind of just like okay what is happening which just continuously as we said plays into the whole like i don't know how these mannequins work i don't know what they are what's happening how does any of this care i don't care i love it god so (laughs) and then we also i think we get the return of the creepy crinkle crinkled wrinkle face one that's just like pops out of the darkness again bald as hell my favorite mannequin so then, you know, Molly's at her breaking point. We we fully pushed her to her, you know, final girl status of like you've you've been through hell, and now the only way to get out is for you to like kill essentially. Mm-hmm. So she picks up the axe that Jerry's once fucking mannequin arm was holding, picks it up, and now the girls are like, so, they are wailing on these notes, baby. They're like, <laughs> like she picks up the fucking axe. And she swings it, and it goes right into Slauson's fucking neck. And he goes down. Everything Molly... goes quiet, too. Yeah. Which Nothing I'm assuming... Nothing quiet deaths in this movie. Well, because I think it, at that point, it's... I mean, because it's, like, a choir of, like, oh, sounds Literally. of, like... And, like, all their mouths, like, completely, like, their jaws wide open, like, this dark void of a mouth, like, spewing this beautiful sound. And then she stabs him in the neck, and everything goes quiet. So I'm assuming it's because, you know... All of that power was coming from him. These girls really are hitting them notes. Like they Destiny's are. Child Who. Um, it reminded me of um, Hercules a little bit. No! <gasps> shut the fuck up. I thought the same thing. Wait. <laughs> shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> I literally thought about it last night. I was like, yo. I don't know if you've been seeing this, but on Twitter, they keep talking about Just some insight, you guys. Alex watched Hercules for the first time this year, and Hercules is my favorite Disney movie of all time. Um. And I'm sure a lot of you have seen that, like, there's a huge thing now where I guess they're going to make a live-action version of it. So, like, people keep, like, posting, like, their ideal cast. They want motherfucking Ariana Grande to play Meg. And I'm like, no Tino Shade at Ariana? No. Um, Moving on. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, what's the point? Because Ariana Grande can sing. Meg has one song. Relax. Um, Anywho, but I was literally thinking, I was like, you know what my ideal cast would be for the muses? These goddamn fucking mannequins. (laughs) They're, oh. They are practiced. They are ready. That is vibe. insane to me that you had the same thought. That's so <laughs> fucking funny. Um, 
Anyways, so after she fucking axes Slossom and then that key goes down, he's dead. She just, like, lets out, like, a classic, like, it's kind of Texas Chainsaw-esque in a way, where, like, Mm -hmm. at the end of Texas Chainsaw, when she's, like, she's lost her mind and she's just in the back of the truck all bloody and she's just, like, laughing. It's not really like that, but, like, Molly just, like, lets out this huge, like, scream. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, she's, like, she's lost her mind, too. Because now she's not only witnessed all her friends die and become mannequins, she's also in a room with supposedly possessed or what the fuck ever they are mannequins, scream singing at her, and now she's had to kill a man. So she's lost it. Then the last shot is also incredible, incredible and very similar to Barbie Girl, which is what really made me think of it, is that you cut out and you're back outside, it's daylight, and there's like a fucking huge vulture sitting on like a post or something. Yeah, and it's the same bird the- from the beginning when it was like on the sign that said close to the public. Right. And they're just, you're kind of like back on the same road we saw from the beginning, kind of like in the middle of nowhere, and you see a car approaching, and it looks very similar to the car from the beginning. So when I was watching this, so I was like, Oh, I, when, I couldn't remember how they ended it. So I was like, oh, like, is this, like, a Jeep that just happens to look the same? And is it, like, of different kids that are going to stumble upon this mm. place? And it gets closer and it gets closer. And it's not. <laughs> it's the same Jeep with now Molly driving. And in the passenger seat and in the back seat, who does she have with her? Not the singing gals, but all of her friends, but now they're mannequins. <laughs> So this bitch is just driving off into the fucking sun with, like, all of her mannequin friends. And it, like, stops in this, like, freeze frame of them. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's kind of, like, smiling, kind of, like, deranged. So it's just, like, her riding off with her pals <clears throat> as mannequins. Yeah. And that's how we end. And then it goes right into credits. The end. Like, I love that it's, like, it's been so deranged to this point. <clears throat> there are definitely some solid freaky scary moments but like there's no way that you end a movie like this and it's not comical i just want to like i just want that cut scene of her like finding her friends and then like lugging their heavy mannequin bodies into the car positioning them and being like okay guys let's go literally because that's the thing it's like it's not like they were already in the car like she had to go find them she had to put fucking jerry back together she had to find the car she had to fix the car literally well, then I, I think it. that plays into the whole thing earlier where it's like, we, I think the car stopped working because Slauson used his telekinetic powers to get oh. it to stop because clearly he was, like, capped. He, like, we find out through, like, Davy and later, like, mm. he was, he, like, has been capturing people to come that to this sense. place. So I think, like, he made the car stop. So in theory, the car could have never been broken. That's fair. But yeah, that is motherfucking tourist trap. I love it. <laughs> so just to recap quickly, I, I even though I don't love, love this movie, is definitely worth watching it for the cracker scene, for our sangin' fucking muses that we want in Hercules, and for the ending where Jerry is actually a mannequin and she Barbie girl rides off into the sunset with her fucking plastic friends. And also, if you like movies like House of Wax and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, this is very much in the same vein. It has a lot of similar, like, elements and aesthetics, and I mean... It's a, it's a fucking classic, in my opinion. It's a classic B-horror. It's very underrated. I feel like it's very underseen, and people should check it out. Well, it is interesting because the 2005 House of Wax, which we keep bringing up because I love it so much, and I will bring it up whenever I can, even though, like, I struggled, I can't, it, it's always hard for me to bring myself to rewatch it just because of how traumatizing it is at the same time for me. <laughs> um, but 
I like if you if you didn't know better, like obviously House of Wax 2005 is a remake of the original House of Wax. But at the same time, like if you didn't know better and you watched this movie after already watching the 2005 one, you would also think it was a remake of this movie. Like there I, really I are that... like a lot of similarities. Like the whole thing with like the brothers mm-hmm. putting fucking plaster on an alive person's face. Oh my god, a burp! Did you hear the burp? I, I heard the burp. I think it Thank that God this could very much have taken inspiration from this movie for sure. Oh, I think a hundred percent. I mean like yeah, there's just like a lot going on that's like very similar. Yeah, so I guess in terms of ratings, um I similar to Sleepaway Camp, I rate this as a four star boy next door. Um I feel like so many slasher movies are like so like by the like book and this it's the same note over and over and over again where like this is just so off the wall and like mm-hmm. creative and fucking bizarre that I can't help it I love it because it's just so unlike so many other slasher movies that are out there even though they are it does like have a lot of elements of two like very famous movies just like what other movie do you see all these fucking creepy ass mannequins singing at you you don't and like, when I went into this blind, like, that blew my fucking mind. I just, I love it. Four stars. That's fair. Honestly, like, I feel like when I was watching it last night, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't love it. But I think actually, like, so my original rating for this would be a stoner bro who's also a dumb jock. So a 2.5 mm-hmm. falls in between them. But honestly, after talking it out, I feel like I've been persuaded a tiny bit to make it a dumb jock, a solid three, possibly. Hell yes. I because love that. yeah, like it is like it's not my favorite. It's not one that I'm like, oh, I want I I really want to watch Tourist Trap or anything. But mm-hmm. like as we're talking about, like there's crazy moments that make it worth watching. There are solid things. You have to give it some leeway because of when it was made. And like I do appreciate that like I can see how other films since then how I can appreciate how this took inspiration from films before it and mm-hmm. how films after it took inspiration from this. Absolutely. So yeah, I feel like I came around a little bit. I and as I said, just because it's not like a, a huge first of all, a two point five out of five is like half. It's like a five out of ten, that's not an awful rating. Um and now I'm saying it's a three. I'll say it. It's a dumb chalk. Um oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I def- I mean, obviously you would recommend. I would definitely recommend, as I said multiple times, like, it's definitely fun. And something that's great about me and Alex, which I feel like we've brought it before, but I'll bring it up again, is that, like, oh, we got really great with Sleepaway Camp because we both love Sleepaway Camp. We felt the same exact way about it. Where, like, a lot of movies, a lot of the time, I really love them, and Alex is like, no, I don't want – and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's always a good chance that we're going to have a dialogue on here, and we're going to feel different ways. And, like, things like this could happen where after we have a dialogue, I'm like, hmm, actually, I think I might, I might give it a little more credit than I previously had. Mm-hmm. And without giving away anything about the next episode, I feel like it's going to be a very similar thing, but reversed, where it's a movie that you really love that I'm like, eh, okay. Yes. So I feel like this, I love having a difference in opinions because it makes it more interesting to talk about. A hundred percent. Well, because it's like, you know, it's it's always fun to have like a thing that like, two people love, right? Because then you can mm-hmm. go back and forth and be like, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. But also like, it can get stale sometimes where it is fun to be like, you know, because even people that listen, like, I know that's not all of you are going to go watch these movies, but some of you might have already seen these movies. Some of you might go and watch these movies. So what if, like, 
it's it's also nice because like if some of you watch them and you're like yeah I loved it then you got someone on here who's like I loved it too but if mm-hmm. some of you watch them and you're like yeah it didn't really do anything for me you might also have one of us on here being like I feel the same way it didn't do anything for me either absolutely and my favorite thing about film is that it's subjective and everyone's gonna have a different opinion about it and Correct. I think that it's really great that we can have both sides of that dialogue so yes I love it Last but not least, let's just do a couple reviews to end oh, it out. Of course. Um, so I I had a kind of hard time finding good reviews. Um, just because a lot of them were like really in-depth, like not really fun. So I just got a couple of like really short ones. Yeah, that's um, what we mean when we say good reviews. We don't mean that the reviews themselves are bad, but usually we try to keep our reviews that we share on here like kind of shorter we don't want to read you like a seven page review so sometimes it can be hard to find like a review that we're like oh that's funny that's good that's also short yes so a very short nice little review um it's a three-star review from letterboxd um by rob patrick and he says like many other warm-blooded americans i love when a mannequin's jaw dislodges before it screams out in a distorted burst of paranormal ecstasy and like yeah who doesn't Me too. want that? Who doesn't want that in their movies? I do. I mean, it's kind of what brought me around. Good. Um, I have one from Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. From Kristen Yunsu Kim. Mm-hmm. It is two and a half stars with a heart. And it really ties together everything I've been saying this entire time, which is the review is as follows. It's no House of Wax 2005, but I did scream and spill the quaw all over myself. Oh my god, I almost used that one. <laughs> it's exactly how I feel. Correct. Like, yeah, so like if you need any more reason to watch, like you're right, it is no House of Wax 2005. Nothing could be, obviously, but you could still have fun. I recommend a double feature of Taurus Trap and 2005 House of Wax. Honestly, I might watch 2005 House of Wax today because we've talked about it so much and I need that pain in my life again. I've already decided if I can find it streaming, Greg and I are watching it tonight because I need to and he's never seen it. And he has to before listening to this podcast. Yeah. We need to scar Greg for life. That's always my goal. Um, Okay, my other review. I have a bonus one after, but this is my second review from, um, I don't know if it's Maeve or Mav. It's just M-A-V on Letterboxd. Three stars. Um, This has just reminded me of you a lot. It sounds like something you would write. Okay. Um, Whenever I go to the mall from now on, all mannequins I see will catch these hands. That is very much something I would say. Yeah. So um, um, be on the lookout for these scary-ass mannequins because you might have to throw down. Yeah. Like, honestly, like, I would never throw hands at any of the gals in this movie because all they're trying to do is sing me a gosh darn tune and I love it. But let me go on record. If a mannequin truly did try to come for my fucking life, they would catch these hands. Mm Mm-hmm. My last review is another two and a half star one, because that's originally where I fell, from Letterboxd, from user Teo A. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. But it says, pretty much Motel Hell meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets Psycho with a healthy dose of mannequins and telekinesis just for good measure. Except not as great as any of those. Which I think is also fair, because I mean... It's not as great as Motel Hell or Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Psycho. Um, but there are mannequins and telekinesis. And just because it's not as good, like, I mean, like, to a degree, like, sometimes that's being, like, you know, I don't even know. Like, I, like it's not as good. Like, this movie is not as good as the Shawshank Redemption. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. 
Like, just because, and also, once you, again, all opinions are subjective. So you could watch this and be like, actually, I think it's better than all those movies. It's now my favorite fucking horror movie. Okay, valid. Like, that's good for you. Uh, this is just obviously a review that I agree with. I think that there definitely are elements of Motel Hell and Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Psycho mm-hmm. to a, a small degree. Yeah. But it's not as good as any of those. I enjoy all those movies more than I enjoy this one. But once again, it doesn't make it a bad movie. I agree. Um, okay, my very my little bonus thing for the end is purely for Christine. Um, yeah. So, hi, BB girl. One of my bestest friends. Um, there was a review. Um, so, Christine, if you have not watched this movie yet, this will inspire you too. It is a two-star review from Robin. And all it says is, Shay St. John inspiration movie. Which, if you don't know who Shay St. John is... Let me give you a quick, a quick little um, briefing. Shea St. John is these little like art films that are on YouTube that I, I really cannot explain it, but it's Christine's like favorite thing in this fucking world where it's just these creepy like dolls with this high-pitched voice and they're just like rambling about nothing. You should watch them after just so you know what, what I'm fuck? talking about. But Christine makes me watch them literally all of the time. They always talk about like their skin-tight skin suit and that's what we what? always we always talk about our skin tight skin suit and like there's one about eggs it's just so fucking bizarre Ew, this weird. sounds like salad fingers and i fucking hate that shit oh i love salad fingers i made nathan watch them one day in the office because it was like very nathan humor but shay st john is like fucking youtube like 2010 like iconic like fucking viral videos and this movie you no know, i don't this movie like was it. absolutely inspiration for shay st john like no questions asked so christine i hope that you enjoyed this movie because of the fact that it's your your skin tight skin suit baby i mean so that's a- yeah i hope she does <laughs> um, jesus yeah. so everybody thank you very much for tuning in to our episode about tourist trap um we, we gotta do a little thank yous Oh, yes. Before we get to our, mm-hmm. our, obviously, our normal thank yous that we're always going to be giving out, yes. is I want to just say, because at this point, this is our second episode, so at this point, mm-hmm. our first episode has already come out. It will have been out for, like, a month now, and uh, we've been, we were very overwhelmed um, by, as of right now, as we record this, the podcast has only, the first episode has only been out for a week, yes. but the the reaction that we've gotten has been so so wonderful i mean as we said at the end of the day as at least of right now we're doing this for fun we're doing this because we love horror we love each other we love talking about it we're having a good time doing it it's something that keeps us occupied um but obviously like there's also part of it wants other people to listen and wants other people to enjoy it and people's reaction has been so wonderfully incredible we've had people reaching out to us that we knew were going to listen telling us how much they liked it we had people in our lives that maybe we haven't talked to that often or whatever that have reached Mm -hmm. out and given us support which means so much we even have like one or two people that like we don't really know that are listening and that means so much um just like everyone's reaction we've had you know people giving us five star reviews on itunes and written reviews and like literally it's like been like slightly overwhelming because like it may not seem like a lot but like it really is to us and i just want to like in on a serious note Mm -hmm. just like express that like having listeners in any capacity in any amount like is really nice to know that like whether you're supporting us as a friend or a member of a horror of the horror community or someone else with like a podcast or just like I don't know you found us and you think that we're fun and funny or you like what we do like that's great and we really appreciate it and 
every listen is important to us and really counts to us so I just wanted to take a moment to thank literally everyone that's listening whether you listen to the first episode whether you're listening to this one for the first time like any anytime you listen it means a lot to us yeah absolutely thank you so much I didn't expect anybody to listen especially because they are pretty long episodes and I wouldn't want to listen I'm not even listening to them because I don't want to hear my own fucking voice so the fact that people are taking the time out of their day to listen to us just ramble on and on and talk about ourselves and talk about movies that we like it's like shocking to me and I really appreciate it because it means that we can keep doing it it's fun and people are enjoying it right because like as we said like it is for it's for us it's for fun and we're always gonna we're not we'll we won't do them anymore if it ever stops being fun for us but at the same time like if we put out a first episode and literally nobody cared and nobody listened and nobody said anything like Mm -hmm. well we're also not trying to do it to just like yell into the void so like it does count for a lot that people Mm -hmm. are listening and like just like there's been all different kinds of reactions we have all different kinds of listeners and friends listening like friends that love horror friends that love movies friends that maybe aren't really hugely into either but they're supporting us like my one friend laura love you girl um she listened to the first episode she's not someone particularly that's like hugely into horror but not only did she watch sleepaway camp in preparation the girl went on and she wants this she watched the second sleepaway camp and she watched the third i haven't even watched any of those because she's goddamn dedicated to the cause Mm -hmm. and all of it as i already said means so much to us so thank you thank you thank you all so much it really is just very heartwarming. Yeah. And in the same vein, I would like to give a personal shout out to one of my best friends, Kelsey, because she also, she loves movies, but she has never seen Sleepaway Camp. And she listened to the entire fucking thing, not having seen the movie and had so much fun with it and was sharing it on her Instagram. She rated us. She reviewed us. She has been so supportive. And I just want to say a big thank you to her and that, you know, you don't have to have seen the movies to enjoy listening to us talk about them. And I hope that it has inspired her to watch the movies because they're so fun. We also have a few friends with different podcasts that are obviously not anything huge or blown up yet but we want to give them support um and not only because they're our friends but because they're podcasts that we also really love and we believe in. So the first one that we would like to do on here is actually going to be um a podcast done by Nathan who does our music um called The Commonwealth um who he also does it with uh our other friend Jonah. Um so it is a podcast. I believe it's only one season long I don't think that they're doing multiple seasons of it but it's incredibly easy to digest I mean every episode is about five or six minutes each um and let me just give you their brief descriptions you know what it is because it is spooky like ours is it is the commonwealth is a short form podcast about the folklore and myth surrounding massachusetts history whether looking at mythical creatures tragic and mysterious events or locations better left unbothered this show is sure to give a few minutes of backstory that can't be forgotten for a lifetime so if you love spooky things if you love you know massachusetts or whatever if you just love listening to people talk in very short amount of time you don't if come you here love for Joan that. Orb. If you love Joan Orb. My if you love Joan team. Orb. If you love Nathan. Because Nathan also does the music for yes. that podcast as well. Um, you can check them out. I believe all the places you can check us out. Spotify. Apple Podcast. All the good shit. I have listened to this podcast. I can give you my vote of confidence that like it is good. Joan right. Orb has like a great. Like if you listen to any other horror podcast. Like I listen to a lot. Where they just like read like creepy passes and stories. He like literally has a voice made for that. It's very similar to like the voice of the guy who does lore. It reminds me of. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very like 
kind of one tone and it's very creepy and he has like he, you know it's just very I, I i i could listen to jonah talk for like hours yes so if you are looking for any other podcast to add to your life and or you want to support another small podcast then check out the commonwealth wherever you get your podcasts from and you will be supporting two friends of ours who are very deserving of that support so that mm-hmm. is our first ever podcast shout out on our podcast yay yay all right, and just into our quick little um, other shout-outs. Again, we want to thank Nathan Graham for doing our introduction music. We love it. It's spooky. It's fun. It gets stuck in my damn head. It really does. And he is an amazing musician. You can follow him on official Blue Caprice on Instagram and support him, please. Yes, and if you would like to support my sister, who does our uh, who did our cover art? Um, she has a private Instagram, but you can follow her public Twitter at Bridget GXO. She does a lot of drawings. Uh, she does Marvel characters. She did um, Florence Pugh from Midsummer with watercolor, mm. and it's wonderful. She's currently drawing Timothy Chalamet, so be on the lookout because that will be posted probably by the time that this podcast episode is posted. But yeah, you can check her out there. Amazing, and you can also check out my fiance Greg who is our editor and the inspiration behind this whole thing at, at Greg Vellante on Twitter. Um, and yeah, he writes really amazing reviews and he puts up with me and he listens to these three hour conversations between me and Anya and he makes them digestible for the public. So, he really is a trooper. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Uh, yeah, and if you want to support us further, there's a few things you could do. We have an Instagram. You can follow us there. We will be posting updates leading up to our new episodes. Um, posts, we're very active on our Instagram stories. We always want to talk to you guys. So you can follow us there. You can contact us through our Instagram DMs or commenting on our posts. Or if you want to contact us more intimately and personally we also have a gmail account the at the girls who cried before i don't know if i said that was our instagram both are at the girls who cried before mm-hmm. um the email is the girls who cried before at gmail.com you can send us an email about anything you can send us an email about the episode and what you thought about it suggesting other movies for us to do like anything you want like we're here to talk like we're friendly we're nice despite what you may think um <laughs> And also, as we were saying earlier, it really does mean a lot to us, and it also helps us out a lot when you leave reviews. Unfortunately, I don't think you can do it on Spotify, but even if you don't listen to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you can still go on there and leave us a review. You can give us a star rating and or you can give us a written review. The written reviews truly, like, are so nice because then people that maybe don't personally know us and know what the podcast is if you write a written review about like what you liked about it or whatever they can see that and that encourages them to listen so those mean so much to us so if you have time in your day or you legitimately like the podcast and you want to help us out in a way that's like truly incredibly helpful then you can leave us a rating and a review on itunes yeah please please help us out Please, we're desperate. We're hungry. Please. <laughs> Please. Okay. Thank you all for listening to us talk for a very long time. And keep it spooky. Yes. Keep it creepy as always. And we will see you next month on The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. Bye. Bye.